93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. It's Thursday, July 11th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning in the news this morning. Police arrested two insurance adjusters and another worker accused of stealing more than $300,000 from vulnerable Philly homeowners. Anthony Hoffman, the owner of Ace Public Adjusters on the 7900 block of Frankfurt Avenue. His stepdaughter, Deborah Felix, and Felix's fiance, Hartman Wismer, uh, are all charged with insurance fraud, th- uh, theft by deception, forgery, conspiracy, and bad checks. The three suspects allegedly targeted uh, 30 homeowners, many of them elderly, who wanted to repair their homes but needed help recovering money from their insurance companies. That just sucks. Yep, absolutely. During one incident, an 81-year-old woman whose home was damaged by burst water pipes met with Hoffman and signed a contract for Ace to represent her claim, investigators say. Under an agreement, Ace was to earn 15% of the settlement for assisting with the claim. After the homeowner died, her daughter became uh, the executor of the estate. Between February 13th and November November 27th of uh, 2018, the home uh, the homes insurer issued seven checks totaling more than $127,000 to Ace as a settlement. Investigators said three of the checks were signed and cashed by Ace at a local check cashing agency, but Ace did not give uh, the any of the money to the family. Ace periodically issued 20 more payments totaling 90 over $90,000 to the woman's family between July 19th and December 1st of 2018. Ace also allegedly issued the homeowners three checks uh, totaling more than thirty. $13,000, which were returned for insufficient funds. The woman's daughter said Ace breached their contract by not, by not providing the family their fair portion of the insurance settlement. Uh, she's still owed over $36,000. Another woman, Evan Butler, said that she never saw a dime of the $24,000 allotted to her by her insurance company after her, her home was damaged by a storm. After an investigation, the Pennsylvania Insurance Department revoked the licenses of Hartman and Wismer. Hoffman is in federal custody for federal income tax charges, while Felix and Wismer turn themselves in. I, the, the people that, that scam the elderly just absolutely infuriate me. I got a call yesterday. It was, you know, a robocall of some type. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it was clear who they were going after. It was like, you know, hey, this is so-and-so, and we understand you had a question about your Social Security payments. And I'm uh-huh. like, oh, you bastards. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> do you know that robots eat your medication? <laughs> it's like that, that old bit. SNL bit. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's just terrible. you're dealing, it's the most predatory of, of things, oh, and you're dealing with people now. who are, you, you, you live your full life, yep. and you're, you're in the twilight of your years, and yeah. you have to put up with this crap? Well, yeah. you've, you know worked what? Your, you need... you've worked your ass off yeah. for a long time to be where you are, and, and then you need a little, from you. And you need a little help. This yes. is their job. These yep. people are supposed mm-hmm. to be helping them, and instead yeah. they're stealing They're being targeted them. by yeah. them. I mean, I'm glad my mom lives with me because, I mean, just in, in the last yeah. couple of years. Because she can protect <clears> you. Well, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> I need my mommy, Steve. No, I yeah. mean, the, the, the reality <laughs> is she has, has come up to me and said, I, you know, I I got this text message or I got this email and it says that I need to change my passcode. You know, oh, no, yeah, that's I'm a, like, do not do that. Right. I said, anytime you have a security question before you act on it, please come and talk to no, me. No, that's it's great. Please it's great come that you're and talk there to, to me. To, because yeah. listen, you know, a lot of the uh, the people that we're talking about were not really along in the um, in the in the tech world or don't pay attention to what's going on and don't pay attention to scams and you're tied into them a lot because we report on all this stuff so yeah, it's I mean, good you if, can protect her if you're listening to this show and you scam old people you are a horrible human being I agree. you are a terrible terrible human being
Well, these three people fortunately were arrested. Good. Philadelphia police are investigating why a toddler was thrown from a car during an argument yesterday in West Philadelphia. Jeez. Police say at about 9.45 a.m. Like physically thrown, yeah. not, not ejected from the vehicle. No, like, yeah. yeah. So uh, at about 9.45 in the morning, a man and a woman were having an argument in an Acura at 42nd and Lancaster Avenue. The man angrily removed the one-year-old child who was still in the car seat, strapped in the car seat at the time, and threw the child into the air, landing in a nearby grassy area. Bystanders also saw the woman smashing the window of the car with a bat and bricks. Uh, police say the man was... Were they on their way to Disneyland by any <laughs> chance? <laughs> Seriously. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I did... I heard a witness uh, speak, though, and they said that the baby was okay. The baby was crying. Well, it looked like the baby had some bruises on him, but geez. that if, if it would have landed differently, like, the kid could have yeah. landed on his head. I thought I heard that the guy was trying to get the baby away from the woman with the bat. Oh, like he was really? protecting the baby, and because he ended up getting beaten by this woman yeah. as well, so I don't know. He man. was... Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see that, but he was taken to Penn Presbyterian Medical Center. They said there's no word on his condition. The child was taken to CHOP for an abrasion on the forehead and is in stable condition. Uh, but no word from police on any charges. It shows uh, 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 something about us, though, that we automatically assume that the guy throwing the baby was the bad guy? <laughs> the bad guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? We'll yeah. see if more comes out. Police say a group of teens knocked down shelves and threw ice at customers in a Society Hill Wawa in the middle of the afternoon yesterday. A group of about 10 teenagers arrived at the Society Hill Wawa on bikes. It was about 3 45 when police say the group ran into the store knocking down shelves and throwing ice at the customers the store says that they were inside for less than two minutes but just as police were called they took off wawa put up a curfew sign in hopes of curbing in-store incidents the store manager says closing the store for safety has become a regular thing this is the second incident in a week where a group of teens ran into the store on the fourth of july just 16 blocks away police say a group of 60 teenagers ran into walgreens and trashed the place police are reviewing surveillance video at the convenience store near me, the guy put up a definitive sign that said, not more than many students. That's the, that's the warning. Yeah. Stop it. Says, it. Not more, not than, many more st- than many students. Oh, no. Seriously? Oh. Yeah. You oh. left the number out, guy. <laughs> that should do it. What constitutes many? Or what are you trying to say here? All right. Let's do sports this morning. <laughs> The bone spur in Jake Arrieta's elbow will not force him to be uh, on the injured list, and he will start against the Nationals this weekend. Ah! Phil's manager Gabe Kapler confirmed Arrieta will have scans done on his elbow, but said that he uh, his next start will give the Phils their best indication of his long-term availability this season. They're off until tomorrow night when they'll open up a series against the Nationals in South Philly. Kawhi Leonard chose a shorter contract with the LA Clippers that lines up with new teammate Paul George's and sets up the two to be part of the 2021 free agent class. Leonard signed a three-year $103 million deal that includes a player option for the 2022 season, according to sources. George's four-year $136.9 million contract also includes a player option for 2022. Is this George guy the one that dated the coach's daughter and cheated on her with a stripper and got the stripper pregnant? Uh, I hope so. Doc Rivers. I, I think it is. And I, yeah, it yeah. is. And Doc Rivers traded his son 
right? But then, but then uh, brought this guy on the team who cheated on his daughter with a stripper, got the stripper pregnant. Yeah, it's a complicated sport. <laughs> yeah, Kathy. it's a complicated sport. The NBA. Yeah, man, anything to win. Kathy. The Clippers <laughs> announced that they had signed Leonard without releasing contract details, and he agreed to sign with the team after they negotiated a trade with Oklahoma City Thunder for George. What strippers and, is he playing with? And in tennis news, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal will play each other in the Wimbledon semifinals. It will be their first matchup since their memorable final in 2008. Federer and Nadal set up their 40th careers uh, showdown by each overcoming a tough opening set in yesterday's quarterfinals. The number two seeded Federer with a four-set victory won his 100th match <laughs> win at the All-England Club, becoming the first man to reach that total at any Grand Slam tournament. Not long after that ended on center court, the number three seeded Nadal finished off unseeded Sam Quarry 756262. And that's what I have for you this morning. Thank you very much, Kathy. Yes, Casey, you have a question. No, is, do you remember back in the 80s when Wimbledon used to air exclusively on HBO? Do you guys uh, re- recall that at yeah, all? You d- yes, I do remember It was that. the worst! Because <laughs> there, there was only one HBO back then. And we didn't have HBO. Oh, so see, I, we did. I, I remember like, it before, like, you know, I think NBC used to have it, you know, all the time. It was HBO, and I would turn HBO on in the middle of the afternoon. I'm like, oh. Where's Fraggle Rock? Friggin' tennis, exactly. <laughs> Where's Fraggle Rock? Where's Sprite? Oh, I thought you were upset that you couldn't get it. You were upset that it was... it was. Oh, uh, was taking up the program? Taking up your yeah, regular yes. scheduled programming. Yeah, a 10-year-old kid with stupid, boring tennis. I completely Oops. misunderstood, too. Yeah. Where are the Fraggles? <laughs> I want to watch Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mom, Dad. <laughs> no, no. We gotta get cable. We took off the chess championship. Oh, God. No, opposite of yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we welcome you to Thursday morning. And all the things that we have have laid out, we do have several uh, things to take care of today. Number one, we got to get you those Rolling Stones tickets. I know you're trying hard for this, but keep at it because it just might be your day today. In the 8 o'clock hour, as close to 8 as we can get it, we'll reveal what the song is for the day you need to listen to and the hour that you want to hear it in. And uh, then you just have to be the 25th caller and then you win the tickets of the show and the album. Did Mick give up? When he had a heart condition? That's right. No. Don't you He's give back up. back on tour right now. Don't you give up. Uh, we also have one of my heroes, Getty Lee, on our show this morning. Getty is going to be in town on July 19th. He will be doing a signing of his book called The Big Beautiful Book of Bass. Is this the definition of bittersweet here? It's a little bittersweet. Yeah. yeah I wish that... But you never know. Maybe he wouldn't have been available to come by in person. But I would gone. I would have gone to the I event. I know you would have. Definitely. But... Um, uh, taking a little vacation. So, anyhow, he'll be at Barnes & Noble in Philly on Walnut Street uh, on the 19th uh, to sign it. You can purchase the book at RushBackstage.com. But Getty's going to give us a call around 8, 10, which is pretty cool. It's very cool. And and finding out about his impetus for doing this book uh, about the bass guitar, electric bass guitar, is wild because you would have figured he was an expert, but... He kind of became an expert by doing the book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll have some questions for Getty a little bit later on this morning. Our good friend Kate Flannery is going to be getting in touch. She's got an event coming up. It's over the weekend, so she's not going to be able to come by. She's going to be in Ocean City on Saturday. And uh, she will also be at the, the Grand Marshal of the Night in Venice Boat Parade. We were just talking about that the other day. That is cool. Uh, that'll be that night. So we'll talk to Kate later on today. We love her. She's one of our favorite guests. And obviously we got some questions about... You know, The Office is leaving Netflix. It's a big deal. I marathoned a whole bunch of The Office episodes because I was in Minnesota. And in Minnesota, you just watch TV yeah. before I was there for a wedding. Uh-huh. And uh, it's, it's just a great show, and she's awesome. So uh, we'll talk to Kate. And uh, we're also getting ready for tonight's big event, the Preston and Steve Belly Flop Championships. 
at Valley Forge Casino Resort. Uh, we would love for you to be there. It's going to be uh, a party. It's free of charge. Five o'clock is when the doors open. You just have to be 21 or older. Come and see the spectacle and be a part of this historic event where we have our first all-female category taking place as well. And not only we thought, okay, if we get two or three competitors, we have a solid roster of female competitors. Oh, we had too many. Yeah. We, we had to, we had to do a, a decision-making. We had to go through and, and uh, pick people out because it would have taken too long But the amount of submissions we had. So, I'm very encouraged by this. Yeah, so uh, it's tonight. Come out, the whole gang. We will all be there, and we would love to see you there as well. And uh, Pancake will be there, too. He's going to be our uh, sound engineer is going to be running the music. He's our DJ. DJ Pancake. Yeah, Blending so, shows. Yeah. So we have a lot going on tonight, and we'd love for you to be there for it. So these things and more taking place through the course of the day. Let's take a break. Come back in just a moment. Stupid question. Let's see if you can win there. And I'll roll through some of these entertainment stories that I have for you. Stay put. We'll be right back. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let me see. Um, Who is better known? uh, Yeah, who is better known as Ralph Lifshitz? Ralph Lifshitz. That's our stupid question this morning. Yes, two one five. Well, what? Who do you know Ralph Lifshitz better as? I huh. should say. Is that a better way to put it? Uh, I guess? Yes, both are good. There's a famous person whose real name isn't Ralph Lifshitz. Goes by another name. Pseudonym. Who is that? Two one five two six three WMMR. If you get it right, we're going to give you tickets for Marvel Universe of Superheroes exhibit, which is at the Franklin Institute. Got a bunch of birthdays today to pass along. Today be the eleventh day. Of July, uh, Nick, you pulled up uh, several of them off of IMDb that I don't have on my list. Like, act, like actor Stephen Lang, who's been in this very studio. He is great. He is, man. And somehow he's ending up, I guess these are Avatar prequels or sequels or whatever, but his, his character yeah. seemed to have a pretty definitive outcome in the one Avatar movie, but he's going to be back. Yeah, he was the, the colonel, I guess, was his yeah, rank yeah. in that, and he was the, 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 the really bad guy in that, and he's he's great in Tombstone as Ike Clanton. God, do you hate him. Oh, you just do. And he's doing a brilliant job making you hate him. Law don't go around here. Yeah. I remember when we had him in the studio, he said that line, too, and it was so great. But he was uh, such a super nice guy. The shootout at the OK Corral where he's such a... Sn- he's oh, yeah. at one second a sniveling little bitch, and yeah. then in the other, he's just going crazy. Yeah. It's and awesome. It, Kurt Russell's like, get, get in a fighter, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. love it. Uh, actress Celia Ward. Yes. Very beautiful woman, is uh, 63 years old today. Uh, Lisa Rinna. Ah. Lips and all. Lips. Uh, the lips have come down in size, still voluminous, and now she's one of the real housewives of Beverly Hills, right? Yeah. She, yeah. I like her. She's funny. Do you remember yeah. that shot we had of her as some bachelorette party? No, it's a party It was for, for the show. It was, it was for, um... Dancing on the table? Dancing on the table, yeah. yeah. She looked, I, looked good. She's in phenomenal shape. I mean, she was, uh, at least it appeared to be that she had been drinking, and but she, what I found amazing is she posted that video of herself on yeah. her own Instagram page. <laughs> Dancing oh, yeah. on the table in high heels. <laughs> right. It was uh, somebody's baby shower. Was it Cohen? Andy Cohen? Andy Cohen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, Andy yeah. Cohen's baby, baby shower. So Lisa Rinna is 56 today. Uh, actor Bruce McGill, he's also been here in the studio. D-Day from Animal House. The <laughs> yeah. Sheriff and My Cousin Vinny. 
Uh, and then he's he's been in some real serious movies over the years too. He's oh, in Lincoln, yeah. Uh, He's popped up in a bunch of stuff. He's a great actor. When he was here, did he, I think he did for us the rifling of the the fingers on the throat, right? He did. Yeah, yep. he, he did. The, he played the <clears throat> the William Tell overture <laughs> on his throat. He did the whole thing for us, like the the scene from Animal House. It's so good. Oh, Larry, good. I see you've met D Day. Good. You're having a nice time. It's good. Good. And he uh, he did it for us here. He did it and live. We, we left out the yeah. thing is. You know what? Let me see if I have that. That's okay. <laughs> well, He's sixty nine okay. today. Uh, little Kim has a birthday as well. Well, Kim, the yeah. first, probably the first of the Lil. Yeah, that she's I can the remember. First of the Lils. Yeah, uh, and she is Lil. Yeah, she's... I remember. I told you the story, Preston. I will forever associate Lil Kim with a uh, a flood in Maniunk. Because she was supposed to appear at the Riverdeck Cafe when that existed. Mm -hmm. And I showed up as when we were doing the, um, The you and I were working together, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and doing the, the Friday party broadcast. She was so pretty. She messed her face up big time. Did she? She mm-hmm. did, yeah. yeah but that, that flood situation and that, that whole deal, man, it was it what, was just cancel, crazy. Did they cancel the show? They canceled was... Lil' Kim because it was too foreboding. Well, she's 44 today. Nadia Sulman. Oh, the God. Uh, mom. I hated her for a really long time. I know, I know. A lot of people hated her. And now you adore her. No, no, I don't adore her, but I did recently look her up. I forget we talked about her for some other reason. And um, the kids are, you know, obviously a lot older now. They all kind of, they look great. Uh, Good. I don't know so much about her and what she's doing, but I mean, she was a single mom with all those kids. Oh, like, she she made a whole God. series of mistakes. I'm, I may I'm have glad gotten the kids into porn do- too. <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me. Hers was self-pleasuring porn, right? It was, yeah. She never was with anybody else. Solo was the Solo, call. yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Nadia is 44, and then the last birthday I saw, uh, fashion designer Giorgio Armani, uh, and he is 85 years old today. You bought socks there one time, right, Nick? I had a gift certificate, and the only <laughs> thing that I felt like I could pull off was the socks. I maybe got a belt, too, but everything else in that store. How much for one sock? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can I get the other? <laughs> but Steve, it was one of those stores where like, I walked in and was like, yeah, none of this would be good for me. I, I, listen, it, it's funny because, you know, I'm... I've become successful over the years, yeah. and and if I wanted to, sure, I could go buy an Armani suit. If I walked in there for one <laughs> second, I would feel so far out of my. You element. never, yeah. you never lose that. You no. never ever lose that. And and honestly, uh, you go in. I I have clear memories. Some of the most defining moments of my life were going into a store where I was buying a suit for a wedding. Yeah. I did not know the level of suit store I had gone into, and the guy literally me asked me. Are you lost? Yeah. <laughs> Can you afford this? I feel out of place at Raymore and Flanagan. You know? <laughs> yeah. I don't care. Spencer's. Yeah. You know, I, it might just be me, but whenever I go into Armani, I feel like it's a store where if you, you want to pick something up and look at it, you have to somehow figure out how to fold it perfectly again and put it back. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't feel you, that way in other high-end stores, yeah. but for some reason... You can't in, just lump it back on the shelf. In that store, I'm mm. like, oh, well, no, I need to fix this. But let, Let's put this into perspective, though. How much does that person that works at that Armani store make a year? Okay. Well, yeah, because but... 
You it know? doesn't matter. It's it's the no. It's, it does it, because those are the ones that you think are judging you. And if they make thirty thousand dollars a year, some, shut some, up. Sometimes they make a good <laughs> chunk of change, but still, it's just the the whole aura is right. what you feel uncomfortable yeah, about. Yeah. By the way, we especially are, if you're going in in shorts and flip flops. Right. Yeah. We are friends with the face of Giorgio Armani. By the yes, way. we are. Yeah, right. so and he likes us a lot. He likes Casey, us. Casey, what county does he hail from? <laughs> oh, mm, I didn't <laughs> think about this. Delco. <laughs> <laughs> you got one. So the other <laughs> big deal. This is funny. Yeah, the, right. the other night, Casey, we were watching TV, and his one of his commercials came on. Where of course he's jumping out of the water, whatever the hell. Yeah. And I go, oh, oh, we we know that guy. And my wife goes, what? <laughs> you know what's his name? <laughs> Jason Morgan. And we Morgan. were supposed to hang out down the shore last week uh, for my birthday. And oh I, my god, I would have loved seeing side by side shirtless shirt. Preston, you two together Preston. on the beach. We're, we're twins. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he actually, he actually texted me on my birthday. Hey, what's going on tonight? And I was like, we're not doing anything. Oh, okay. Like, Dude, you know, you I, come I, up with something. Yeah, I'm not going to invite you to come hang out with my kids and watch fireworks on yeah, the beach. Right. But we were talking about maybe you're like, too good looking for that. Going <laughs> to the reeds or something like that. And it just never got around to it. I wonder what oh. his uh, driver's license photo looks like. A Dude. lot like mine. <laughs> Probably. We're looking. A, a blacked out tooth and slicked down hair. <laughs> Steve, we're looking at the commercial that yep. you're talking about, and the yep. first thing that pops in my mind is water is the essence <laughs> of wetness. <laughs> Merman. Merman. Oh, this is that's, that's my son. <laughs> oh, my God, he's so cute. Oh, he's unbelievably good looking. But he's not, a nice guy. It's not his birthday today. No. It's Georgie Armani's birthday. Georgie. I called him Georgie. Well, you guys guys go way back. We go way back. back. (laughs) Bad Beston's here. Hey, Georgie, how you doing? Yeah, he still can't afford our suit, huh? Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're going to see if we can answer the stupid question, which is fashion-based, by the way. So uh, who is also known as Ralph Lifshitz? Two one five two six. It's my only chance to say lift shits. Either That's his lift name or lift shits. It's the only time you get to say that word. Two one five two six three WMMR, and I'm gonna go to Clinton. Hey, Clinton. Good morning, bitches. Hey, Good how morning. you doing, buddy? All right. So, who's also known as Ralph Lift Shits? Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren. Yeah. Well, there you go. His real name is Ralph Wise to change that name. Yep. Hang on a is second. Is that a lift shit you're wearing? We are going to take care of you, my man. We got a pair of tickets. Marvel Universe of Superheroes <laughs> exhibit. Explore Marvel's legacy through immersive set pieces, original artwork, movie props, costumes, and other rare materials now open at the Franklin Institute. Tickets and information at fi.edu. You didn't uh, probably didn't know this, but he didn't change his name until he switched to fragrances. Because people <laughs> yeah. would go, man, you smell like lift shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I do have some stories to pass along. We'll begin with Forbes. They released the list of the top 100 highest paid entertainers. Uh, and 10-time Grammy winner Taylor Swift snagged the top slot. What was the deal, Preston, with her? Ad? Her musical library was just purchased by a former agent. Oh, I don't know. You know that whole dust up. No. The guy who was also handling uh, Justin Bieber, and it's like a three hundred million dollar deal. Almost the same thing that happened with Michael Jackson and he Paul McCartney. All her music. There's a lot of publishing? publishing that he that he bought. Wow. And and she she was on the okay. war path. Uh, so they estimated the 29-year-old's pre-tax income was a staggering $185 million. That's 
That's for the year. Yeah. And, which is a 131% increase over her take last year. So she's still just raking it in. Most of it came from her uh, Reputation Stadium tour, which brought in an estimated $266.1 million, the highest grossing tour in U.S. history, mind you. Well, which is astonishing, too, because you used to think of this, and the uh, the tours were simply in support of albums, and it's the complete inverse of that now. Yeah, but but she still sells records, yeah, too. Yeah, she does. She so, does. So, so she has both. You're so, you're yeah, yeah. so right, Steve. But, you know, most artists now, they'll they'll tour and they'll sell out, and that's how they'll make the money, they and they the won't money. sell records, but she does both. Yeah, and, and you're right, you're right. Yeah. So is this the list, Nick? Uh, that's what I pulled up this morning, yeah. This is the highest paid celebrities. You uh, had a different one? I'm not sure. It says highest paid entertainers. Well, let's go through what I have here. So um, Kylie Jenner was right behind Swift. She had an estimated $170 million in pre-tax income. She's listed as an entertainer. Other car- celebrity, right? Isn't that fun? Oh, it's a celebrity it's or entertainer? Well, it's just, uh, yeah, it says in my list here entertainers. Yeah, I think, I think it's celebrity. So, All right. Well, so, that's a little bit more Because powerful. they do have some sports stars on here as well. So okay. I guess they fall under celebrity. Uh, her brother-in-law, Kanye, nabbed number three with an estimated $140 million in earnings. Um, I'll just I'll run down the full list that you have here, Nick. Next is uh, Lionel Messi, who's a uh, an athlete, is he a soccer player. Yeah. Uh, number five was Ed Sheeran. Are number playing, six. Are we playing Ed Sheeran later today? Uh, oh, I don't know. I believe yeah, Bill yeah. wanted no. us. To... No. Well, you weren't supposed to say we were playing Ed Sheeran later today. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> sorry. All right. Anyhow, uh, number six is uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, soccer. Also, uh, number seven is Neymar. Soccer. He just goes by one name. Yeah, a lot of Brazilian stars. They they have two, but they go by one name. Like Cher. Yeah. Uh, number eight is uh, the Eagles, the group, which is kind of weird. Does it count? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think that counts. Yeah, dude. Number <laughs> nine. Number nine. Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil, really? number what nine hell? on this list is Doctor wow. Phil. Whoa, well, that a... explains his extravagant purchases. Yeah, six gerbils, two cats, a hamster, and a rabbit. Why not go for broke, dude? Uh, he, he made hundreds of millions. Wait, Where Doctor he... Phil makes a tremendous amount of his money, Kathy, is he's also uh, he has a production company. Okay, uh, yeah, all right, okay. and that makes sense. And then uh, Canelo Alvarez is number ten, the boxer. So uh, the other people notable. What about Judge Judy? Uh, she's not on the list. Huh. Um, so Kim Kardashian was on the list at number 26. She brought in 72 million. Uh, and it says Jenner's partner, Travis Scott. Oh, that's Kylie Jenner's partner. Yeah. Uh, brought in 58 million, landing him at number 39. They're not hurting for cash in that uh, household. And here's some other random artists. Uh, Beyonce was number 20 with 81 million. Rihanna, number 36 with 62 million. Ariana Grande is number 62 with 48 million. And Lady Gaga at number 90 with 39.5 million. You know who else is also on the list? Who? Oh. BTS at 57 million. <laughs> there you go. But that's a group again. Okay. Oh, that's you're a right. lot of them, yeah. too. That's yeah. a lot of them. How many? Yeah. Eight? Seven? You know what? That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, I used to know the names, but I forgot. <laughs> these are the, the top newcomer earnings by category in uh, baseball. Mike Trout yeah. and Bryce Harper. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Good for those guys. Yeah, Harper was the highest paid for about, what, a week or two? And then yeah. uh, Mike Trout signed his extension. Uh, in Hollywood, Chris Evans and Paul Rudd are up there with $82.4 million. They're newcomers to the list. I'm so glad that Paul Rudd is on that yeah, list. He, he, he's, he's such a cool guy. Yeah, you, you like seeing somebody like that. Yeah. Really have success. $82 so. million. All right, so the list is out. I have some other things to get to, so why don't I go ahead and do that. We're going to... Uh, Talk real quick about uh, Disney star Cameron Boyce. His parents are sharing their heartbreak over their 20-year-old son's recent death. In a statement, Libby and Victor Boyce 
Uh, said there are no words to describe how moved we are by the tremendous outpouring of love and support uh, from our family, friends, and the world. Thank you, everyone, for encircling us with your love and respect for Cameron and concern for our families. It was the very definition of human kindness and a light that will forever shine as his spirit lives on in all who knew and loved him. Uh, he was a rock of our family, and he was always, always had positive, heartwarming insight and caring outlook uh, and everything. Despite feeling shattered by his death, they vowed to carry on his legacy. They said we're making an effort. Uh, every effort to move forward and ensure that his legacy and all that he stood for is honored. He was so cherished, uh, and we will hold him in our hearts forever. He is our shooting star. So I follow uh, Dove Cameron, who is, of course, the lead in The Descendants. And yeah. That's the series that he's known for, amongst others. And she posted a heart-wrenching oh, no. Instagram video. She was Yes, yeah, so she was reticent to do it, she said, but her therapist actually advised her to, mm. to do it in a cathartic way. And she wrote this beautiful thing about him. But it's torturous to watch it because she clearly has lost someone who was one of her absolute best friends. It's terrible. Yeah, and, uh, he, he had a seizure. He had suffered from uh, epilepsy for a long time. So it's just sad news. All right. How about this? A Spanish judge has ruled that singer Julio Iglesias is the biological father of a 43-year-old Spanish man in a judgment published on mm-hmm. Wednesday. Uh-oh. This is not correct. Julio you are the father. <laughs> when it comes to 20-year-old Julio, yeah. you are the father. Yeah. What? So Judge Jose Miguel Bort Ruiz highlighted a very obvious, what he said, a very obvious physical resemblance between the singer and Javier Sanchez Santos, who has spoken publicly about his struggle to be recognized as Iglesias' biological son. It's funny because when I first read that, I'm like, okay, so he looks like him, and you're 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 ruling right. in favor of him. Uh, but they the judge said there was enough clues to determine paternity, and cited Iglesias's refusal to enable the collector collection of biological evidence as one of the deciding factors. He's not doing a DNA test, and so the judge says, all right, you know what? He looks like you. So there you go. There you oh go. Wow. That's pretty. So. Now, do if, a DNA test. If Julio does uh, agree now, or is this after the fact? You can't go back now. It's the decision's yeah, already what, been rendered. But what does he want? He wants, uh, you know, acknowledgement. I, if he wants, he, number one, he wants acknowledgement. Yeah. I don't know if there's if he's looking for money, but he's been this fight has been going on for apparently a long, long time. So his lawyer, uh, Julio's lawyer, uh, Fernando Falamir. Uh, told CNN the singer would appeal the ruling and said Iglesias wouldn't refuse to submit to a DNA test under certain circumstances. This as, is a travesty. As part of the appeals process. The judge said that there was evidence in the proceedings that at the approximate time of the applicant's conception, there were certain contacts and dealings between the mother and latter and the uh, uh, of the latter and the defendant. I am not licensed to practice in Barcelona. The those who contact those contacts took place in July 1975, and he said, "and uh, make it not unlikely or unreasonable the possibility that sexual relations existed between them." Of course, the judge did. also said a factor in his ruling was the testimony of Santos's mother, a Portuguese former dancer, who has publicly spoken about her fight to have her son's paternity recognized. She provided very specific data. The judge said on the property, location, and interior layout of the villa where Julio Iglesias was staying at the time. Uh, Santos and her son have fought a three-decade paternity battle with Iglesias. And in 1992, a Spanish judge actually ruled the singer was indeed Santos' father, but the ruling was quashed 
on appeal in 1994. So now this judge says, look, you look enough like him and you're not doing DNA, so we're going to say, yeah. Wow. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. Yeah, why it. not? Uh, yeah, go for it. Listen, I mean, they can they can figure it out right away. He, if right. He, if he does a DNA test, it'll they either can, be they positive know. or negative, and they would know. And he's and forestalling judge, that. And he's not doing it. Yeah. And the judge's like, all right, then. I got I to gotta find for Well, then, Mr. Smarty Bash. Yeah. Uh, after a year of romance, the internet thinks that it's time for Cara Delevingne and Ashley Benson to get hitched. The internet thinks this. They do. Uh, does that mean like one person who tweeted that out? It may well be. Yeah. Speculation has been intensifying as of late, especially after they were spotted mm. vacation together in Saint-Tropez, with each one wearing a gold pan on their ring finger of the left hand. Uh, they were also spotted making out at a nightclub which was largely interpreted as confirmation of their engagement. Hello, ladies. I'm Julio Iglesias. <laughs> you are two are super hot lesbians. Uh, Benson's mother, Shannon, weighed in on the rumors on Instagram, writing, How easy is it for so many of us today to be undoubtedly full of information, yet fully deprived of accurate information? Mm, that's very uh, true. Uh, yeah, so uh, they just publicly confirmed the romance last month, uh, and uh, Delavine had posted a video of them kissing on Instagram. Uh, she later alluded to the decision on uh, to E, saying it's been 50 years since Stonewall happened, and I don't know. It's just been about over a year, our anniversary, so why not? That's beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> why not what? I don't know. Because <laughs> okay. they were doing whippets at the time. Yeah, <laughs> so why, not? Yeah, why not? Why not? Stonewall, why not? <laughs> Ex-Scientologist Leah Remini may be taking her old place of worship to court, according to Us Weekly. Remini, the creator and host of the docuseries that is set out to expose what she says are the church's dark secrets. It's called Leah Remini, Scientology in the Aftermath. And it's great. Yeah, I watched the first two seasons religiously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But but I've I've, uh, slacked. I need to get back to watching. It really is a great show. Uh, But she is claiming that uh, powerful Scientologists are trying to cancel the hit A&E show, which I'm sure is certain. Um, and according to a source, they said she met with lawyers and is considering taking legal action against the church. She alleges that uh, she's been spied on and followed by people working on behalf of the church. They have tons of video footage of her and Mike Rinder being followed around by these constantly PIs. They, and, they, in yeah. fact, there's never an episode goes by where they're out on the street where they're not being tailed by some member yeah. of the of the church. Exactly. Have you heard anything about Miscavige? And there was an issue with a. Um, his wife. Uh, there was uh, something going. Do you remember that whole I, there kerfuffle? Was, uh, just it was a quick thing that came and went. And yeah, yeah, Steve. Where they were, they're trying to find her. I think. Or something I think like that's that? the case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's something real, even dirtier, going on than things that uh, that have come to light. I think. But you hear his name, you think kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. <laughs> Uh, Chris Hemsworth landed in the doghouse with wife Elsa Pataki when he used her $400, uh, Lemur lotion to treat his sunburn all over his entire body. Uh, Hemsworth told GQ she uses a lot of Lemur products. Lemur, I guess is probably how you pronounce it. Which, which he said, you know, cost a small fortune. So she's less than happy when I use that face moisturizer over my entire body. I found out the hard way when I used her $400 cream for a sunburn one time. He said that wasn't the best option. I get into the same sort of situation when I use my wife's scarves to wipe my ass. Oh, she yes. gets right? so oh, upset. My God, yeah. And I am in the doghouse. Yeah. 
That's silk. Preston, you mentioned that the the Forbes list earlier in the morning, and I was surprised to read that Hemsworth actually outranked uh, Robert Downey Jr. as far as earnings go in the Marvel Universe, but then I remembered that uh, Hemsworth also had the Men in Black movie that came out. True. So uh, I think Downey only had... Uh, Avengers Endgame over the last year. I mean, Avengers Endgame and Infinity War, but Hemsworth probably has more movies. So yesterday, or the day before, Preston, uh, Weird Science was on. Robert Downey Jr. looks like he's nine years old. And that giant gap between his teeth. That giant gap, yeah. Which he eventually got fixed, yeah. (laughs) Yep. Uh, This is sad to hear. A woman named Denise Nickerson. Uh, She played Violet in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the old film. Uh, is living out the last moments of her life because her family has just taken her off of life support. I need to check an update on this uh, because this was from yesterday, but she's going, she's fading fast. Nickerson, who suffered a stroke last year, was at home Monday, and according to her family, they said she got into her meds at home and took as many as she could. She passed wow. away, Preston. She did die. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Oh, it must have been... I- like this morning? It, yeah, it, was, it must have just, been overnight. Yeah, this was just posted four hours ago. Uh, her family came to check on her shortly thereafter, rushed her to the ER. Once in the hospital, doctors diagnosed her with pneumonia. On Tuesday, she suffered a massive seizure, and doctors put Denise on life support. Her condition continued to worsen as her family said that they had taken her off the respirator. And uh, they had said it was a matter of time, so apparently she passed. That's so too wait, bad. she had a stroke and then took the meds. I have a feeling she herself? she probably took her own life. Okay. That's just a guess, and it sounds like that. Listen, yeah. some if if I, well, I, I I believe in in you know what do they call it? Death with dignity? Or, yeah, no, uh, and I I do know, is I, it, I would like to be able to call my own shots. Yeah, if you've gotten to that level and you're just in nothing but absolute physical pain like yeah. that, I mean it's mm. just oh it's horrible. So her the, the movie was just on. It's on all the time. I, I I love it. I love the 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 whole feel of it. It's just magical from beginning to end, and with it with a really really sort of dark wit to it. Yep. Of the kids outside of Charlie, who do you find the most likable of the collective? I, I think she would be. Yeah. Her, her character was just sort of gl- a little gluttonous. Yeah, yeah. She, she Exactly. Yeah. She wasn't as, uh, Nasty. as, as bratty yeah. as, as Veruca was. And Mike's just a whiny little bitch, Mike TV. <laughs> Let's face it. And Augustus, I couldn't even understand yeah. what he was saying. So He was off. He was out of there so and, quickly. In five yeah. seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I think her. Yeah, Steve, likable. Um, but uh, she also had a few other roles which I was not aware of. She played Allison on The Electric Company. So I'd have to go back and see. Footage. She was on The Electric Company. I guess so. I don't know. If I she, didn't know that. I don't know if she was a regular player. She had Morgan Freeman and Rita Moreno. She played the president in Independence Day. Why? Well, no, that was Bill Pullman. <laughs> uh, but You're listen, right. they look a lot alike. <laughs> Bill Paxton, Bill Pullman. Yeah, you yeah. know this lady. Yeah. <laughs> Did, did I get that right? It was Bill Pullman. You got it right. right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I get those confused all the time. Oh, okay. I don't ever confuse them for Violet from... Violet, Bill Pullman. <laughs> yeah. uh, she also appeared on Dark Shadows and in an episode of The Brady Bunch. She was also in Spaceballs. Uh, seriously? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> see, now that <laughs> I can see. Yeah, she could be. see yeah. that, yeah. Uh, she left acting behind in 1978, become a nurse, and uh, she was uh, 62 years old, hmm. so that's, there, uh, there's, that's sad. There's a great documentary about the, um, the, the movie and oh, all really? the cast members. Well, and, I got to see. That. Yeah, it's tremendous, yeah. And, and everybody for the most well in light of this, up to that point when the documentary was made, everybody was doing well, and it was it was just a, a really a really cool thing, and they all had really in, 
Wonderful memories of being on that set. Yeah, uh, you were talking about um, actors that you you uh, mi- uh, mix up. Yes. yes. Um, did you guys see Colin Hanks wish his father yeah. a happy <laughs> birthday on Twitter? It was great. last week. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he's like, hey, you know, happy birthday, Dad, love you, because his birthday was like July second or something like that. You have a great sense of humor. You have a great sense of humor, but it was a picture of Kurt Russell. I Michael think. Keaton. No, Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. And great. not only that, it's Michael Keaton from, I guess, <laughs> an action film or something. Yeah. Because he's got. This rock and Billy Ray Cyrus sort of teased He's out, all, all sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. phenomenal. Heard, yeah, how did they cure um, Violet? What was the way the to juicing room? They, they, they would roll her right. out. Yeah, right? okay. well, they, they said send her to the juicing room. Yeah, okay. Squeeze uh, all the juice out of her. Yeah, ears. Veruca got sent to the furnace, but. They don't light it every day. <laughs> right. It's every other day, right? Or something, Aug- yeah. Augustus got shot through the uh, the tube. Uh, I forgot where that led to. But they it, wherever they had, they had to get them somewhere right away. Right, right. And Mike TV, they just put in his mom's purse. He'll be fine. <laughs> I love that. No, don't. Stop. Don't. Yeah, that's the best. Yeah. And you know what I, I, I love? And they, and they echoed it in the, the Johnny Depp one as well. Where uh, uh, Willy Wonka would always be like, I'm sorry, I can't understand what you're saying (laughs) with that babbling. Excuse me, I'm a trifle deaf here in that ear. (laughs) Such a great movie. Both of them are actually great. All right, so one last story. Uh, Critics, reporters, and editors tweeted out their first reactions to Disney's live-action remake of The Lion King. Uh, The reaction to the film was fairly positive across the board with high marks for visuals, but mixed marks for the emotional resonance. IGN uh, Deputy Managing Editor of Entertainment, Laura Prudham, said, Visually, it's stunning, an unparalleled technical achievement that's like watching a nature documentary. But ultimately, the the Lion King will be a touching introduction to a timeless story for a new generation, but I'd never re-watch it. I'd never re-watch it over the original. Hmm. Uh, BuzzFeed senior film uh, reporter Adam Bivari also also measured note that said, Lion King is a landmark visual experience. I've never seen anything like it, and I think that it's going to change how we look at movies forever. And then he added, as an emotional experience, though, I'll put it this way. It turns out lions can't really emote. So it's good no, on that's, some levels. But. That's true. And, um, you do look at it, and you look at a lot of these clips, and it and so much of it, if not all of it, Nick, I think the report was yeah. CGI, even the environmental CGI rendered. Yeah, because I was asking, stunning. I was asking if they actually took live footage from the African Serengeti or whatever. They they didn't. This is all computer generated. That's unbelievable. It really We're looking is. at footage of it right now. All, the, the the environment looks real. Yeah, I mean the animals look real too, but you have to you know they can't move their mouths like that. In they real can't life. talk. Uh, but, like this one doing engine work on a Subaru, but the, they just don't do that. But the environment looks spot on real. So, wow, that's amazing how far uh, the technology has come. Um, so, anyhow, the film opens on July 18th, if you're interested. We are set to go for the clips, folks. Baskets features Chip Baskets, a bitter clown college dropout who is stuck in a dead-end job at the local rodeo. Martha <laughs> Kelly, who... <laughs> Who's portraying Chip's only friend explains how her character's uh, her character contrasts from him. Here we go. I think they make it so that the character is just always in the sweet spot of being a even keeled, nice person. So it doesn't draw a lot of angry responses from people. I'm certain some people are put to sleep by the character, but maybe yeah. they don't wake up and write a bad review. I don't know. Oh my. God. 
Doke. All right. Uh, Zach Galifianakis, that's his show. The show's funny. Uh, I just haven't watched it as much as I would have liked. Dude, I had I had a moment, uh, a Zach Galifianakis moment. I was, was just surfing the other day on TV, and, and I found, I came across a movie. I'm like, is that Anna Nicole Smith? And it was, and it was her in the absolute height of her hotness. Yeah. And she's riding a mechanical bull in a very sexy way in a nightclub. And then all of a sudden, I see Zach Galifianakis in the movie. What movie is it? It was some ski movie, like Cold something or the other. I don't know what. And huh. I was, I'm like, what the hell is he doing in that? And it, it turned out, I think it was 1991. Whoa. So she would be at the height of her guess. He didn't get on our radar until the well, Hangover movies. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well after that, um, out cold, out, out cold, cold. That's it. Yeah, 2001. Uh, yeah. And I was just surprised to see him go that far back. Uh, Baskets is on tonight, 10 p.m. on FX. Let's do the next clip. The Outpost shows the life of Talon, the lone survivor of her race. as She works to track down the killers responsible for the loss of her family. Here, Anand Desai Barachai, Barachia, uh-huh, discusses uh-huh. how the show has helped him transition to uh, theater, to te- from theater to television. Here we go. I love character work so much, actually. I really, really love character work. And a lot of it, that comes from theater. And folks often say, what's your different approach to TV, to theater? And, and that's originally why I came to L.A. to go to Strasbourg, because I was like, right, I need to learn how to be a TV actor instead of a theater actor. I don't give a <laughs> f***. <laughs> People have asked me how I approach Taz on the mud monster. And I say it's with a lot of effort because I have to become the mud. Uh, Shut up. Season two of the Outpost premieres uh, tonight at 9 p.m. That's on the CW. They really, they, they need to put, they need to attach gravitas to these roles. Yep, yep. Oh, unfortunately, there was not Anna Nicole Smith Preston in Out Cold. What? It was Victoria Silverstedt. Oh, uh, the uh, Playboy model. Yeah, she's a Whoa, Playboy model. Yeah. I thought for sure that was Anna Nicole Smith. It, it looks a lot like her. She's wow. also in uh, Preston Basketball. Yes. Uh, and Boat Trip. And Boat Trip. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. Many uh, people are chiming in saying that Out Cold is the greatest movie of all time. Seriously. <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't give it a second more. Than, I mean, I'm like, wow, That I, I thought that was Anna Nicole Smith. But you know what? I was surprised that this girl's acting was actually halfway decent. I'm like, man, Anna Nicole. No, that couldn't have been Anna Nicole. That's why I was curious if it was her or not. You know what? She did manage to deliver her lines in that third naked gun movie. You remember that one where she's she's the the, um, the, the mall, the gun mall uh, to, God, it was Fred Williamson. I, I didn't. I remember two and a half, but I don't remember the the third one. Yeah, wow. it, was, it was pretty bad. But she did that movie, which was a diehard sort of ripoff. Do you yeah. remember that yeah. skyscraper or something yeah. like that, yeah. where but, they were literally taking word by word by word for her to get her lines together? I'm just looking at the cast of Out Cold, and it's pretty impressive because it's got Lee Majors, Thomas Lennon, who we love, David Koechner, who we love, Galifianakis, yeah. obviously. I mean, it's got some. Some decent actors. Is it a parody of ski movies? It's one of those, it's a throwback to like um, Hot Dog and those movies from the 80s that were, you know. Like uh, Hot Tub Time Machine. Ski School, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, Maybe you missed a gem there, Preston. Hold on a second here. I'm going to go to Brian. He's got a little uh, tidbit of information about Out Cold. Hey, Brian, good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's Uh, up, dude? Out Cold, Always Sunny in Philadelphia did their own rendering of it in one of their episodes when Dennis had to. To race to save the mountain, and Frank was buying the mountain. Yeah, 
In the Poconos, even though they shot none of that in the Poconos. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, right. It was a great episode. I thought that was more, uh, what was the other one with uh, John Cusack's? Um, oh, uh, the Better, uh, off Dead. Better Off Dead. Yeah. The K-12 and all that. Right. But you're, you're right. It might have been a hybrid of both okay. of those, uh, Brian. Right. Yeah, it was a funny episode. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, I, yep. did not, I, I have now been brought around to the world of out cold. <laughs> <laughs> You've learned something you today. You could have labored under the misconception that that was Anna Nicole Smith for the rest of your life. Some of those other movies like Ski School. That was, remember that yeah, one? Yeah, that was, had those uh, those guys that were in um, summer school as well. You remember the, those two actors? And one of those guys Chainsaw? was in this episode. Chain, yeah, Chainsaw. Oh, you're right. He was in this episode. You're right, yeah. Uh, it's Always Sunny. They got right. that guy to be the guy oh, working my. behind the counter. Hot God. Dog was one of my favorites because there, yeah. there was this line of uh, Sunnyside Op. Sunny side down, sunny side all around. <laughs> God, there have been some bad movies yeah. over the years, but they're so bad they're great. That's what's wonderful about it. You go back and watch how bad they are, and they end up being awesome. This texter says, "Out cold is Casablanca on snowboards." <laughs> Seems to be, from what we're learning. All right, interesting. You learn stuff, don't you? How cold. All right, well, listen, we got to take a break because we got a lot to get to today. We got that Stone song we got to tell you about coming up at uh, 8 o'clock. Ladies and gentlemen, Getty Lee will be joining us on the program today. He is in town for a book signing on the 19th, so he's giving us a call. He'll be at the Barnes & Noble in uh, Philadelphia on Walnut Street, so we'll get you the details on that. Oh, and we'll have your chance to win tickets to go to that event. Sensational. Yeah, Marissa is getting something together that we'll uh, show, we'll tell you about in your chance to win. Also, our buddy Kate Flannery on the program, too. We'll be back in a moment. Make sure you stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Thrice. Shine now. Everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Someone wants to yank a guy's crank. I say let him. I say let, let him. Hey, uh, Marissa just handed me this note. So we're going to have Getty Lee on at about 8.10 or so. He's giving his call about his appearance, uh, which is going to be for his book promotion, which is called Getty Lee's Big Beautiful Bass, uh, Book of Bass. Um, he'll be at the Barnes & Noble on Walnut Street on July 19th. We have a chance for you to win. Don't call because we're not doing this via the phones. We have a chance for you to win the book and a cut-the-line pass for that particular night. So here's what we did. We went into our production studio, and I, so we figured this is a book about bass guitars. Yes. So we're going to do a contest that is around drums, because I know how to play drums. (laughs) You don't know how to play bass guitar. I don't know how to play bass. So it was Marissa's idea. So it's me air drumming a Rush song. Without the sound on, mm-hmm. watch the video. If you can tell what song I'm playing, here's what you need to do. You actually text the word Rush and the title of the song you think I'm playing to 39333. And if you get that right, we will uh, add you to the list of correct answers and we'll draw one from that answer. Okay. How about that? It's a two-step yeah. process. Yeah. So you just you watch the video. You say what song you think I'm playing. Dude. And what? You're a really good air drummer. Thank you, man. I mean, like it looks... Like, there's drums in front of you, but there's not. I'm, I look like I'm really playing. And I'm making drum faces, too. You yeah. are. All right, so... Drum uh, face. Look at the video, see if you know what it is, and then text the word Rush and the title of the song you think it is to 39333, and we might uh, choose you to uh, to be our winner. So, uh, <laughs> That's a go. cool idea. Good. Kudos then, to Marissa. And then later on, maybe we'll release a video with the audio. I don't know. Well, we'll find out about that. 
I have a new segment. Yeah. Oh. Oh, really? I yes. I. You know, I am the curator of stories for the show. I, f- I find some some interesting things online that maybe might be worth talking about. And sometimes I see themes. Well, we package them in different ways. I sometimes I see themes within those stories. So I'm going to try this out, and you guys tell me what you think. We don't ever have to do it again. <laughs> but this is called the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's time. So essentially, what I've done is I've taken a good story, a bad story, yeah. and an ugly story. All right, and I will roll them out to you. And I have multiples that I could go through. This is the spaghetti western portion of the morning. That's exactly yeah. it. Because sometimes I'll see I'll see like a, a heartwarming story, and I'm like, that's nice, uh, but it would just be kind of we quickly address it and move on to something else that might be a little bit more fun than that. So I'd like to maybe highlight a little bit of everything. Okay. And so this is the like good. A, okay, I don't want to say another name because you've already chosen good, good, the bad, and the ugly, and I yeah. think that's good. We'll go with that. All right, so let's start with the good. Okay. Oh, sorry, man. I was doing something. Oh, well, this song is called Good. Yep. All right, so we'll start with the good. It's listen, coming together. Listen to this. Super, the, uh, a guy who's being called a super uncle ran straight into a burning building to save his 8-year-old niece when a fire broke out at their home. This guy's name is Derek Bird. He's 20 years old. He says he has fourth, third, and second-degree burns but does not regret any of the steps he took to save his niece. He said, I don't care if I was burning. I just wanted to make sure that I got her out. His face, neck, arms, and back covered in gauze as he recovers in a specialized care unit in Seattle. Uh, when the fire started on Thursday at a home, Bird's sister and her three children were trapped in a second-floor room. Bird ran through the flames to get outside so he could catch his niece and two nephews as they were jumping from the upper floor. So he did that. The two boys, six-year-old Junior and four-year-old Roy, made the jump, but Mercedes was too scared. And suddenly, Bird's sister, Kayla, fell to the ground, and the, the kid, the little one, Mercedes, fell backwards into the house. Bird said he didn't stop to think about it. He ran back into this burning house. Dear God. To save his niece, he grabbed her, took off his own shirt, and then wrapped it around her face so she wouldn't mm-hmm. breathe in the smoke. And that left his his exposed, exposed skin to all the flames. And he ended up getting fourth-degree burns and nerve damage. Uh, but he said he'd do anything for the kids. And this is where I'm going to get a little choked up. He said, because <laughs> some yeah. of these stories, these good yeah, yeah, stories yeah. I get choked up with. He said, I spend most of my days... Off with my nieces and nephews. He said, Mercedes is already an uncle's girl. Kayla and the two boys are doing fine. Bird expects to uh, be moved to the hospital, to a regular hospital rather than the the specialized burn unit. This dude is burned all over his body. You should see. He's going to probably be disfigured from this. He's 20 years old. 20 years old. 20 years old and has that kind of courage. Oh, my goodness. To go do that. That's amazing because we're looking at him now. Uh, you can basically just see his eyes, his mouth, and, and the end of his nose, yep. uh, but everything else is gauzed up. Fire investigators have not determined the cause of the blaze, but they believe that it started on the second floor. The police department estimates that there was about $268,000 worth of damage to the structure and its contents, so neighbors have started a food, clothing, and toy drive for the family. Yeah, oh, you, if you've wow. ever been near anything that is a, a fire like this. Oh, yeah, my I God. Think, I think of when we just did the backdraft uh, experience at Universal. And they were setting off those pyrotechnics. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. When we like, close, when we set the the cardboard sleds on fire at, oh. the, at the cardboard class, and created created Pompeii. And I was wearing a full on you know parka yeah. jacket. Yeah, 
And I'm like, I have to. I can't stand this. It's it, too the, hot. The heat was just. It yeah. was. It hurt. That's why we uh, made sure that was the only year we did. Yeah, that. exactly. All right. So that's the good. That's the good. Let's get on to the bad. Okay. Ah. Yeah. Very good, Casey. Now, did this person just leave family members in a burning building? No. Okay. This is has nothing to do with uh, okay. family members or anything like that. A discarded digger claw lies abandoned in a forest near the Chernobyl site, and experts fear that it could be fatal if you even touch it. It's one of a number of vehicles used in the nuclear disaster to clean up that have had to be ditched because they are so contaminated. Radiation expert Rob Maxwell stumbled upon the machinery on a tour of uh, Pipriat, Ukraine, during a visit and only a handful of people know its whereabouts after it was dumped by officials far off the beaten track in a remote part of the forest. I tell you, man, I would uh, I would be interested in going into that area, but I would wear some sort of suit, and I would have my uh, radiation detector with yep. me because so ma- there are so many things like this that are still around there, Preston, that are you know borderline lethal. Yeah. So this uh, this guy was originally he's he's an archaeologist. He was worked at Chernobyl during two field trips. Said he was taken to see the claw Ugh. by a private guide. He said the rusting machinery was used to clear up radioactive graphite. I mean, it got its hands on the stuff. Yes, uh, that had blown out of the reactor uh, when it exploded 33 years ago. He said there are many things in the zone today for which contact for any prolonged period will definitely kill you. And the claw is definitely the most dangerous of all. Wow. Because it's not roped off or inaccessible like other hazards. It's essentially just sitting in a forest clearing for the rest of time. Yeah, we're looking at a picture of it. It's just right out in the woods. It is severely potentially lethal. Uh, And in this video, he puts his bare hand inside to get a reading with a Geiger counter to see how radioactive it still is. Uh, He said the the one photo that came out readable was showing 39.80 microsieverts per hour. The average background radiation, this guy's from Australia, he said the average background radiation in Sydney is usually something in the region of 0.17. So the claw is magnitudes higher, and if you were to touch it, it could kill you eventually. So in Chernobyl, under the reactor is something that they describe as the most lethal thing on Earth. It's called the elephant's foot. Okay. And so it's sort of the melted graphite and, and all sorts of things that were under that were starting to, you know, that, that were just before there was the potential of it to re-explode again and kill millions of people. Right. You had this dripping thing that solidified. Uh, they say exposure to it for more than a minute uh, will cause you to die within oh hours. God. Wow. It's uh, wild. And, and they, it's almost impossible to get pictures of it because anything they send in there gets corrupted. You know, the, the, the technology still can't Does take the massive radiation. Yeah. There was a, uh, I was serving through Wikipedia looking for interesting things, and there was, there was this thing called, I think it was called the Demon Core. And it was a, uh, a radioactive experiment that was being done, might have been in the 1950s or 60s, and it was this radioactive core that they yeah. had as when it was part of the you know uh, nuclear. Manhattan. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was a Manhattan Project or not, but it, it but it had to do with nuclear weapons. Okay. Anyhow, so a uh, a technician or a scientist or whatever accidentally touched it with a a screwdriver, and it set off this reaction, and the dude was like dead within two days. Uh-huh. Oh my god, that stuff is just it's freaky, man. That movie, Fat Man and Little Boy. Yes, <clears throat> the heartbreaking scene with is Adam where Costello. Uh, no, no. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Like uh, John Cusack. Right, yeah. Uh, I think that's what the name of it was because those were the name of names of the, of the two, two bombs. bombs. Yeah. But uh, 
you know, John Cusack's character has to, like, basically save everyone's life by grabbing this radioactive whatever it was. I mean, that was heartbreaking. I, I assume that that There are loads of stories really like happened. that associated with, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that are just... <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, this is some... Did you finish? Did you watch Chernobyl yet? I haven't seen any of it yet. Yeah. Uh, my... my uh, Rochelle started watching it. Yeah. And uh, she's digging it, so I got I to gotta get on board. Maybe that's something I'll, I'll watch over the break. Um, all right, so that's the bad. You ready for the ugly? All right, man. Toilet paper is becoming less sustainable, according to research. All That's right. why I stopped using it. That could get ugly. <laughs> uh, analysis from Ethical Consumer Magazine found that major brands were using less recycled paper than in 2011, where only five of the nine major supermarkets, this is in the U.K. All right. So co-op, Morrison's. Uh, Morrison's. Morrison's, hey. Uh, I wonder if there's money coming to me. Sainsbury, <laughs> Tesco, and Waitrose offer an own brand recycled toilet paper. The large-scale use of virgin paper mm-hmm. contributes to unnecessary deforestation. Did you get a little turn on there yeah, when I said virgin it? paper. Yeah. Uh, the U.K. uses 1.3 million tons of toilet paper tissue a year. Man, they're ass-wiping mofos. Uh, with the average British consumer reportedly getting through 127 rolls every year. You know what eliminates a lot of this, frankly? I've reduced my toilet paper usage, not to get too graphic. Your bidet! My bidet! There you go, dude. It's awesome. You might, when we were You're in the doing hotel. your part for the, uh, for the environment. I'm, I care, man. Yeah. Uh, I'm the Al Gore of toilets. I'll tell you this. Uh... Did you notice that we were in that hotel in Washington that the bathrooms, the toilets had bidets on them? The the after no. factory bidet attachments. I didn't. You didn't have a bidet on your toilet? I might Wait, not where? have. So in this this hotel, what was the name of that hotel in Washington? It, uh, I forgot. Okay, but it was it was a they put oh, nice. up in a nice place right, okay. right near the convention center and they had the after factory bidet attachment huh. like I have on my toilet. Huh. Yeah. I was cleaning my ass like nobody's business. What was the name of that? It was a really good It was hotel. really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so anyhow, uh, they, they use 127 rolls per year, each consumer does, but the growing trend for luxury four-ply and quilted toilet rolls are fueling the use of virgin pulp in an effort to create the softest product, the study claims. I do like soft toilet paper. No, I agree. Oh, uh, the texture has to be nice. No. You, you like coarse? No. Scott. You like, like sandpaper? I like Scott, Scott toilet paper. We, yeah, God. Do you know it's good, Preston? Honestly, do you ever use you ever use cashmere? (laughs) No, it's so soft. Oh my god! God. I use alpaca. Alpaca is so good. Chinchilla. Uh, Never done that. Do you know you don't have to wipe? You just ride around on an alpaca. So, so you like you don't like soft toilet paper? No. Wow, I'm surprised. I feel like it falls apart. No, no, no. You you need you need to really ball it up around your fist. Well. Maybe really you're not. Maybe you're not using enough ply. You can have soft, but not. So you know all the technical stuff. Yeah. It's like, like the, barley and hops. I like right. the single ply. Mm-hmm. Seriously, yeah. what are you, Cheryl Crow? Yeah. Kathy, your finger can break through there and get all kinds of poop no, all over it. No, but that's the thing. No, I, that's what I feel. Not like if you're wearing other, welding gloves. The yeah. softer uh, kind of rips apart uh, more easy or easy. I don't. I don't think so. I, oh, the soft. Oh, the soft does. I agree with you, you, you have to use more of the soft. She's right in that you have to use more paper. Uh, Wait a minute, though. But the single ply is like what we have here, in the in the. You, mm-hmm. you like that? I love it. Oh, I can't stand that. That's actually the moment double I, ply. The moment I oh grab my god! That, I'm in heaven. The moment I grab on this single ply, I'm like, oh man. <laughs> well, hold on, you Casey. cheap bastards. Hold on, maybe not. You, the Scott is not single ply. I'm pretty sure it's double ply. 
But what is it that? So it's just it's, it's, it's just, not as soft. It's not, not as soft. soft. It's not as soft. It's, it's like more sandpaper. environmentally conscious. All right, so maybe it's not the single. Pl- I but I don't mind the toilet paper here at all. Okay, okay. all right, and well, they come in super huge rolls too, which is so cool. The, <laughs> the study, size of car tires. The study singles out Kimberly Clark, uh, one of the biggest suppliers of toilet tissue worldwide. The uh, proportion of recycled wood pulp used by the company has fallen over the years. In 2011, just under 30 percent of the total fiber used was recycled. But by 2017, the figure had fallen to 23.5. It's popular. Uh, Andrex brand used to offer a recycled bamboo toilet paper range. Well, I use, but bam- this was discontinued in 2015. I use bamboo wipes when I when I do yeah. like hiking and stuff like that. Is That's that right. dangerous though? When you're hiking, because you'll get followed by panda bears. No, no, no. Usually, <laughs> I don't usually hike where panda bears are. Okay, uh, so it's not dangerous like Smart. that. Someone's ass smells delicious. <laughs> but if I just if I just so happen to need to leave them behind, I'm using eucalyptus. Uh, what do they recommend for hikers, Casey? What kind of paper? Well, I mean, that's what I use. I I, I buy this stuff off of Amazon. It's, I've used it's, that as well. It's 100% biodegradable. Within like a month, it's gone. And the thing about bamboo is that it's really replenishable. It grows mm-hmm. so fast. And yep. so it's, it's a uh, weed, yeah. It, 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 like Kimberly Clark, um, they, they chop down a lot of forests to make their paper. Hey, you know what? You could just not use toilet paper at all, and we could really save the environment just by doing this. Frame job. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Frame job. <laughs> just got to hire somebody. No, you don't. You just use a squirrel. <laughs> Rim job. This is going to be the worst. Mr. Squirrel, this is going to be the worst day of your life. By the way, the rim job video is up. Uh, it's not what you think. No. It's uh, not it's an not actual rim job. rim job, but uh, it's our latest daily rush video, which is available at PrestonSteve.com, and that's rim job. Punchline Philly. <laughs> rim job. Rim job. All right, I have another. I'm, we're going to go through the, the good, the bad, and the ugly again. All right. So here's a good story from you. This is a really heartwarming one. A New York high school student's graduation dreams came true with a little unconventional help uh, from his classmates who showed their support by staying absolutely silent as he crossed the stage to receive his diploma. Why did they do this? Jack Higgins, a Carmel High School student with autism, is extra sensitive to loud noises. I know. It's so sweet, Kathy. So the school's principal, a guy named Lou Riolo, asked the class of 2019 and family and and friends to uh, in attendance to refrain from clapping. And the audience went above and beyond to make Jack feel celebrated. At first, Jack kept his fingers in his ears because he's so used to doing that. Yes. uh, To hopefully uh, keep out loud noises. But by the time he had crossed the stage, there was no need. Students, faculty, and staff waved at him as he walked by instead of clapping and the graduate stood and uh, gave him a silent ovation as he walked across the stage with his two brothers and one of his teachers. Aww. Yeah, it was really, really sweet. Uh, Riolo said an amazing thing took place at Carmel High School's graduation. He captioned the video as that, calling the success nothing short of a miracle. He said it was important to pull this off. The importance of making each student feel welcome at their graduation day. Uh, he said first off for Jack, second to his family who... Uh, could experience the same event as every other parent and family whose child reaches this milestone was of great importance. So you see him walking up to the uh, t- to the deal there, and he's I guess he's now he takes his fingers out of his ears, or at least one of them, and takes the diploma. But yeah. as as he eventually gets off stage and he's walking through the crowd, he he, he brings his hands down. And uh-huh. It was really sweet. It was really nice. So that's that's a good story. I want that to is share. a good story. All right, now Better bad than- one. Let's go back to bad. The good, the bad, and the ugly, if you're just tuning in. 
The average life expectancy in the U.S. has been on the decline Uh for three consecutive years. That's bad. Uh, A baby born in 2017 is expected to live to be 78.6 years old, which is down from 78.7 the year before, according to data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. How much of this has to do with crime? Uh, A little bit, sort of. Um, I'll explain. So let me get to the stats first. Uh, The last three years represent the longest consecutive decline in the American lifespan at birth since the period between 1915 and 1918, which included World War I and the Spanish flu pandemic, events that killed many millions worldwide. Before the recent decline, life expectancy had been steadily rising in the U.S., which is to be expected of an advanced nation, particularly one that spends more money per citizen on health care than any other in the country. The U.S. isn't alone. A study projected they, uh, the U.K. lifespan will shorten by about five months, while life expectancy is still on the rise, though, in France, Germany, Sweden, and the Netherlands, whose countries have also seen a sharp slowdown. I think so, I know why. Do tell. Opioids? There are three factors highlighted. A rise in drug overdoses yeah. is one of them. So wow. that is a big part of it. And, yes, the opioid over, overdoses went up a whopping 30% oh my God. in the U.S. Now, that is the study for, is from 2016 to 2017, but they, they see that as probably uh, continuing on um, in the past year. I mean, if you, you, you watch local news, you read the paper, not a oh, day yeah. goes by when you're not seeing some sort of and a cluster of drug-related deaths. Yeah, and that's true. But to have an impact so great yeah. that it's affecting life expectancy. Yeah, the yeah. average life expectancy in the United States. Yep. Um, now, there's also an increase in liver disease. That's the second factor. Hmm. Huh. So there's three altogether. So you have the opioid crisis, an increase in liver disease. Over a 10-year period, the death rate for chronic liver disease and cirrhosis among men 25 to 34 increased by nearly 8% per year, while women in the same age group increased more than 11% per year. And the cause of liver disease... This is bad! The liver, I know. Uh, the causes of liver disease can vary from genetics to alcohol consumption and obesity as well, because you get fatty livers... And that can that can cut back on on your uh, on how long you live, you know. All right, I think I can guess the third due element: suicide. Damn. Steve, you're spot on today. Yeah, yeah. A I almost ri- feel like you read this article. Already. A, a rise in suicide rates. Uh, yeah. The national suicide rate has increased by 33 percent since 1999. I've been saying that. I, I didn't know if it was. Am I just older and and now you know I know more people and and it's happening? Or Kathy, there is, is it, a, but it, there is an increase in it. There is a market increase in suicide among men specifically too, of a of a certain age group. But it's I mean, it it's just, crazy. Did you know that police are more likely to die by suicide than uh, hey, by crime? It just happened. There was one the other yeah, day. It just happened. Um, it was it was a murder, murder suicide. suicide. And, and yeah. Nationwide, uh, a cop is more likely to die because of a suicide than because of uh, being killed by a criminal. And uh, Commissioner Ross actually addressed that and to the police officers and said, "Please get help. If yeah. you know if you're feeling this way, get help." Yeah. Okay, so that's bad. That is bad. I'm sorry. Back we, to toilet paper. We can't. We're now we go to ugly. Oh. All right. What? What? You ugly. So we got the good, the bad, and the ugly. The ugly is, as it turns out, male athletes are seen as more attractive to women, but female athletes are actually less attractive to men. I don't believe that. Well, I, not I should I say do. I don't believe that. 
Uh, I you don't like, subscribe to that. I like an athletic woman. I do too. But sometimes they can be too uh, bulky, and and some well, guys yeah. won't find that that's attractive. That's not true. <laughs> you better watch what you're saying, bitch. Uh, like that's immediately what I thought of when you said that. You can take it to an extreme. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, University of Exeter researchers had people rate the attractiveness of men and women who take part in the biathlon World Cup. Yeah, to get, cup to get their results. <laughs> Uh, it's thought that women yeah, may, may have evolved a preference for more athletic men because they would have been better hunters and more able to provide for their families in ancient times. This is an odd group to select from. The biathlon. This is the yeah. skiing and shooting, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I thought so, too. <laughs> well, right. you can ski after the bears but and then shoot them. I'm sure they're in great shape. Yes. And then they have to cross-country ski. You big know. thighs. Yeah. Uh, they add and that, I can shoot too. They add that uh, more research would need to be done to determine exactly why the top performing male athletes were more attractive. So it's saying that yes, that men perceive at comparing them, women find male athletes attractive. What about table tennis players? I, I don't know if that was included in the study oh my or not. God, yeah. I bet what? you that guy would be a great hunter. What about fantasy football? Fantasy players? football players. Oh, my God. He'd be able to kill an antelope. <laughs> All right. By sport, Kathy, uh, hottest male athletes. Oh. Uh, well, for, I always say this, but the baseball uniform, I love that. You love baseball. So yeah. John, John you like Crock. uniforms in general. You like police uniforms? <laughs> Not John Crock? <laughs> no, John Crock no, is I love John Crock. I wish example. he would text me back. That'd no, be but great. It, <laughs> as a blanket answer, if somebody would just yeah. go, hottest sports players, you'd say baseball. I'd say baseball. Just, just off the bat. Yeah. How about women, guys? Man, I don't know, beach volleyball. That's kind yeah. of the first yeah. one that I thought yeah. of, too, because their their bodies are amazing shape, and they wear next to nothing, so you get to see them, uh, see their bodies in full. I well, think I think of individuals. I guess, Billiards. You know, like, well, no, like the uh, Michelle Jenicky in track and field is gorgeous, uh, but, but that's probably unfair, because I'm thinking of individual athletes. Think about the sport. Right. Yeah. Think about the, the sport. The, the general yeah, I sport. I can't go. I can't go basketball because they're tall, and I don't I like, like tall women. Too. I don't dig on tall women. A lot of a uh, lot of hot female golfers these days. That is true. Yeah, more, okay. more surfacing in that. I will. T- if you're going to look at the kind of a physical specimen, you know, someone who works, I, I think a, a, a track and field. There's some hot soccer and, players too. And soccer mm. players. You know what? Mm. Yeah. Uh, looking at the uh, the women's uh, World Cup when they were yeah cup uh, <laughs> yesterday when they, when they were doing their. Um, <laughs> You know, trophy or the, the, at the uh, the parade and everything. Yeah, uh, they were a little more. They weren't dressed to play. They, Did you they see were them dressed. At the What's that? Did you see any of the players at the yeah. ESPYS last night? Man, they, they got fantastic. dressed up and looked great. Well, they yeah. also did a Sports Illustrated shoot. Did they? And they are, as you would well imagine, in phenomenal shape. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, anyhow. Yeah, a couple. <laughs> um, we got to take a break, but this has been the good, the bad, and the ugly. So like what do you it. think? Did it feel good to you? I, I, I'm happy that I got a chance to highlight some of the good stories, because we kind of go for the more funny, and I, and I do want to give those really heartwarming stories of a home from time to time. Without being too schmaltzy. Yeah, so it's like yeah. sweet and sour. You can offset it with a story about toilet paper. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. It's like salt and pepper. Right, Kat? Salt <laughs> and pepper. Your nipple back tickets? Your nipple back tickets. <laughs> Our very first drunk day. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alright, we gotta take a break. We're coming back in a second. We will get to the B5 Woman Return as well as that song that might get you some Rolling Stones tickets. I'll get you the details about what it is and when you can hear it. We'll be back in a moment. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. 
8 o'clock. Going to give you the title of a Stone song that might get you some tickets to that show coming up on the 23rd. The song you want to listen for today is Start Me Up. Ah, uh, great one. Yep, and it will be played in the 6 o'clock hour with our very own Jackson. So listen for that song. When you hear it, get on the phone. Call if you happen to be the 25th caller. Number one, you're going to get the song uh, the album, Honk, which is a, a Greatest Hits album on vinyl, the actual one that Jackson will take out of the sleeve, unwrap it, take it out of the sleeve, put it on the turntable and play it on the air. You get that album, and then you get tickets to see the Rolling Stones and the Link on the 23rd. Hey, you know, in a bizarre way, it's cool to get the album, but you're yeah. getting an album that has been played yeah. on air by, hopefully, a DJ that you like. Yep. And that's kind of cool. So, once again, start me up today in the 6 o'clock hour. Listen up. Your chance to win for a Stone Song of the Day. Let's do the Bizarre Five. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre. bizarre. All right, it is brought to you by French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville with everything you need for the great outdoors and beyond. All the big name brands, they have them. Visit FrenchCreekOutfitters.com for additional information. French Creek Outfitters, why take a chance with anybody else? I don't know if you guys saw this, man, but a guy actually survived after being swept over the Canadian Horseshoe Falls in Niagara Falls on Tuesday morning. I saw it, and he didn't spill his coffee. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but the incident occurred at about 4 a.m. at the brink of the Horseshoe Falls. That's the really big portion of the falls. <laughs> Park police officers witnessed the man climb a retaining wall, jump into the river, and then saw him get swept over the falls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the man, who was not identified police uh, by police, was found sitting on rocks near the Journey Behind the Falls observation platform. Whoa! After a search of the lower river, uh, the man was rescued from the Niagara River and was taken to an area hospital with injuries that were not considered life-threatening. That's just freaking amazing. Yeah, further details were not released about the incident. The Horseshoe Falls are the largest of the three falls at the Canadian-American border. He attributed his resilience to the toilet paper that he uses, Preston. Oh, well, that's... Yeah, he says it's helped fortify his... Bone structure. The Horseshoe Falls are about 170 feet tall. More than 6 million cubic feet of water travel over the crest line of the falls every minute. When you're standing anywhere near that and you're looking at the sheer awesome force of that, to imagine going over. No. People die when they go over in protective enclosures. Yep. When they're, you know, these these lunatics. He survived that. It's amazing. Police say they discovered more than they expected when they searched the home of a Tom's River, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, the home of, of a man from Tom's River for weapons and possibly bombs. They ended up finding none of that. They found a 500-pound pig instead. <laughs> <laughs> the man later identified as Joseph Kelly was in the parking lot of the Tom's River Police Department on Monday, uh, about 7 a.m., told cops that he may have had a warrant out for his arrest. And the the police said a loaded shotgun serving no legitimate purpose was found in his car. So they arrested him. He was later taken to a local hospital for evaluation. The charges filed against him were not immediately clear. His home was searched for, quote, the safety and any additional occupants based on some comments that he made during his arrest. Uh, There was nobody at his home except for a 500-pound pig that was removed by animal control for safekeeping. Can I help you? They actually did find more weapons and ammo inside the home, and because of the unknown age and condition of some of the located munitions, the bomb unit was called in to help remove them. Does it say in what room the 500-pound pig was? They didn't. The The parlor? The entire street was (laughs) closed. Norman. Uh, the, The entire street was closed for hours while police conducted their investigation of Kelly's home. There were no more charges, or I'm sorry, there are more charges pending against him. 
Uh, this is wild, man. Reusable metal straws may be good for the planet, but they can also kill you. Oh, yes. No. Oh, no. I this gave story will to, blow your mind. I gave this to Marissa for Christmas. Well, uh, the, she may not be in trouble yet. So, right. Alina Gardner had uh, her death has just been ruled accidental. A 60 year old woman collapsed in her kitchen while holding a glass whose 10 inch steel straw drove through her left eye socket oh, and geez. pierced her brain. Oh, my God. Specifically, Gardner was carrying a jar-style glass with a screw-top lid that held the straw in place. That's what mainly caused the issue, Casey. Okay. The cause of death was traumatic brain injury, and the coroner who investigated her gruesome end is warning others to not use metal straws in drink lids that keep them fixed in place. I think the bigger question, Casey, is why you want Marissa dead. I don't. I don't. Oh. The coroner said clearly great care should be taken when using these metal straws. There is no give in them at all. Yeah. Uh, Gardner, by the way, a retired jockey, was prone to falls following a riding accident she sustained at age 21, which left her with multiple fractures to her lumbar spine and uh, scoliosis. Uh, But after collapsing in the kitchen, her wife, Mandy, found her lying face down and making unusual gurgling sounds. It was only after she turned her over that she saw the straw had pierced her eye and that it was still attached to the jar. God! Uh, She died the next day. That's horrible, man. All right. Thank you, everyone, for sending me this story. I appreciate it. Yes, it belongs right here in the Bizarre File. This is in a town called Liberty in Missouri. And there's very few details, but law enforcement relied on some basic senses over the weekend to help them track down an alleged criminal. A spokesperson for the Clay County Sheriff's Office posted a photo on Facebook of the search and added that while officers were searching for this person, that person passed gas so loudly that it gave up their hiding spot. That's great. So they were... Their fart betrayed them. I don't know where they were hiding, but they made enough noise with their ass that the police were able to find them. And they said, we got to give props to Liberty PD for using their senses to sniff him out. According to the Sheriff's Department, the individual was wanted for possession of a controlled substance. Couldn't you hold it in? He farted his way into jail. All right, and there you go. We got to wrap up the beef file right here. And now, because we're going to take a break, and our buddy Getty Lee of Rush yes. is going to be joining us when we return. We shall be back in just a moment. In fact, he might be on the line right now. That's him right now? Yep, we'll be right back. Stay with us. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see him too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Stephen has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Yes, is no stranger to WMMR as uh, we've been uh, proud supporters of Rush since day number one. Or way, That's right. Way, way back when. And, uh... And you know what? If you write a, you've got to be qualified to write a book called The Big Beautiful Book of Bass. And I'd say that this might be alone just a pretty good qualification to write a book like that. And I'll let it speak for itself. Oh, that's just a little tidbit. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only Mr. Getty Lee. Yeah. Good morning, Getty. Good morning. How are you guys? We're wonderful, man. Thanks for coming on this morning. My pleasure. Uh, The Big Beautiful Book of Bass, you've been touring all over the country. You're headed to Philadelphia on the 19th. And just to give people a heads up, it's going to be at Barnes & Noble uh, on Walnut Street. And this has been how long in the making? When did you you start this project, Eddie? 
Well, I guess um, I got the idea for doing it about uh, almost three years ago now, and then uh, I wasn't really sure if we'd be able to pull it off in the way that I, I thought it needed to be pulled off, mm-hmm. you know, the quality involved. But we, I put a team together of some really fantastic people, Richard Sybil, who's an amazing photographer, uh, my longtime friend and journalist, Daniel Richler, who helped me pound out the words, and uh, my longtime tech, John Scully McIntosh. And uh, after spending about eight months shooting instruments in my home in the art studio that my wife very kindly donated to me, <laughs> uh, she thought it was going to be for a month, but eight months later and 30,000 photographs later, uh, we finally moved out. <laughs> I, I love the genesis of this story and, and, and doing some research about the book and, and your idea to proceed with it. Um, you're, you, you say you're sort of prone to being a collector of things. You're, you have eclectic sensibilities. Uh, but you this this instrument, this tool that you've used to make your living for so many, you know, for decades now... You didn't know a lot about. And then, I think it was, what, 2012, uh, there's a deal for you to get, uh, I think it's a 1953 Fender bass, uh, an electric bass. And and you're like, do I, do I want this? Do I not want this? And was that sort of the flashpoint at which you started to say, I, I think I want to pursue collecting these and get a better knowledge of this thing that I've been holding in my hands for so many years? Well, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm I am a collector by nature. I have the collector mentality or the disease as we refer to it. <laughs> I know it well. And and these things, you know, uh you know, wreak havoc on my life, but at the same time they become windows into the past for me. They become uh you know, ways of me learning about the world you know when i became a a baseball fan uh it was when i was traveling around america you know doing all these dates playing you know you know 300 shows a year uh and with my afternoons free i would watch baseball games from wgn or or you know the super stations at the time on cable that Mm -hmm. was you know before the net so uh i became a manic baseball fan and and i started collecting baseball ephemera and that really was an education in the history of of america in the last 200 years so um when it came to as you say holding uh, an electric bass in my hand and i got the offer for this 1953 fender precision bass which is also from the year of my birth uh now you know how old i am uh, <laughs> And so uh, I, I realized that I didn't know anything about the invention of this thing and what was the atmosphere like. Who were the people that were tinkering and trying to bring the modern age into the stand-up double bass players of the world? And so I started researching it, and I started having so much fun. I decided, well, I'll ha- start put together a modest collection of basses that represent some of the great heroes of mine you know like an eb3 that jack bruce played or a wow a hoffner violin bass that paul mccartney used to use a 4001 s rickenbacker that chris squire used etc etc uh, well that modest uh wish list of about a dozen bases quickly turned into over 250 <laughs> wow. and i was like what the hell am i gonna do with these now I, I have to justify it in some way i have to create some sort of uh you know reason you know raison d'etre so uh 
I also, during during my uh, investigations into the history and the past of this instrument, realized that there was no one compendium out there. There was no one book where you could find the answers to these questions about the various models and the various kinds of bases. So I thought, okay, there's a hole in the world of big, beautiful books, and there's room for the big, beautiful book space. Absolutely. You know, and, and I love that you took the care for the for the proper photographs, because I've seen pictures of iconic instruments, and I'll use guitars in particular, like Lucille from B.B. King, or maybe Willie Nelson's guitar, or Big Red from uh, Brian May. Um, of the bass guitars, you mentioned Paul's Hofner bass. Do you think that worldwide that's probably the most legendary, you know, single-owner bass guitar that's existed that people just recognize? Well, yeah, he, he certainly uh, that violin bass is synonymous with Paul. It's synonymous with the Beatles, and the Beatles were the most impactful band really ever. So, yeah, I would say that's one of the most identifiable basses out there. I loved your black and white Rickenbacker. I thought that was the coolest-looking bass guitar. Now, you've been through a few in your time, and I know that your your Fender Jazz is your is your number one, as you've said before. But that was a pretty awesome bass. Do you have a, a, a connection to that and still have that, I assume? Oh, yeah. No, I still have that bass. And, and, you know, a lot of people still connect me very strongly with my Rickenbacker period. And, of course, uh, the double necks, too. Right. Alex and I, there's an iconic photo of the two of us, you know, both, you know, strapped behind these monster instruments. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, I have all those. And there's a part of the book that I I, called my favorite headaches, where I I go into great detail to show the instruments that really I I made my living holding uh, that were part of the Rush history. And, and you know, I, I sort of treat those in the same way I treat the other vintage instruments. Every now and then you'll hear about a, a musician, particularly the guitarist, who, who let one get away from them in, in their in their tours, whatever it may be, or they sold at an earlier time. Uh, did you ever have a bass get away from you that you wish you could get your hands back on, or have you managed to hang on to the ones that you really love? Well, I've, I've hung on to most of them. I still wish I had my very first one, which was a $35 Kenora Japanese-made bass uh, that Alex and I painted. Uh, you know, we tried to imitate the bass, the bass and guitar that Eric Clapton and Jack Bruce had that were painted by these guys that were known as the Fool uh, back in the psychedelic era. And so we did our own, you know, 14-year-old version of it, which was a little less than you know accomplished uh, but i still wish i had that one and uh in a in a fit of generosity i donated my number one uh double neck to the canadian national archives in ottawa so uh, i thought i was doing a good deed for my country but i kind of missed that one but uh, they loaned it back to me so i could shoot it for this book which okay that's cool. them. <laughs> speaking about you know the, the the nature of the collector and, and in a way what it does i i love the thrill of the chase i love that in 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 essence you become sort of an indiana jones you're, you're using you become your archaeology chops pop out and you start to go through these things and do the research and uh, learning about just, you know, keying off your fascination with this and what you were laying in a number of the interviews that I was reading, um, the whole genesis of the bass becoming the electric and precision bass, which I didn't realize pertains to the the actual frets on the bass, allowing the basses to be more accurate with 
they're playing. Uh, you, you, and you sort of described the, the um, prior to that that the double bass or the the larger bass unit that we're we're familiar with prior to that was sort of the um, it, it kind of made those musicians who had to lug that around the quasimodos of, yeah. of, of the music world because they had this huge thing and it really was a pivotal pivotal point in music when these things came into being correct. Oh, absolutely. I mean, one thing that was really fascinating to me was seeing the old ads that Fender used to put out. Like, there's an ad where they have an old case for a double bass, right, which is this giant thing. And they just put a, a precision bass sitting inside it, which looks tiny. Yeah. And you realize, and you start doing your research and seeing pictures of these bass players that were schlepping these things around the country. And, of course, they didn't fit in any of the vehicles, so they were often just tied to the roof of the van or the bus or whatever mode of transportation they had at the time. So they were really relegated to second citizens in, in terms of being a band. Yep. So I, I often put myself in that frame of mind and imagine that I'm a double bass player, I'm playing these clubs, and all of a sudden I hear about this precision bass and you can plug it into an amp, which means you can actually control the volume, and it, it sits on your shoulder, and you play it like a guitar. And it must have been such a strange moment for yeah. these guys. Yeah, yeah. And not all of them took to it, of course. A lot of them just poo-pooed it, but some of them immediately took to it, and, and it changed really the course of popular music. And and that's the, the benefit of, of my my crazy indulgence was that I learned a sort of a secondary history of popular music through the eyes of, of the bass manufacturers and the people that played these basses from the late forties, right up through the seventies. Uh, Getty, I saw there was a study a couple of years that was done a couple of years ago about, uh, it was a scientific study about what instruments are most important in a live setting. And it came down hands back that the bass is the most important instrument because it fills the room, it's got so much presence, and without it, there's no real body. And that doesn't mean that music without it is not any good, but if you really want to connect with an audience, you've got to have a bass. And you played for 40 years on the, on the road with Rush, and I have to ask, when you would hit those really big low-end notes, say those first few notes of Xanadu when you go into that, you feel some kind of power. I mean, I know you did it for a long time, but, you know, it's almost, you know, you're shaking the room, you know? Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, that's a brilliant study. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> you you, you totally happy. validate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, there's no question that the uh, the combination of a big, low, you know, open E note uh, resonating through, uh, you know, a 20,000 seat venue combined with a, a power chord. That is one of the greatest mm -hmm. feelings that a rock and roller can create. You know, it, it's just, a, it's a beautiful thing. And you do sort of bathe in that moment when you do it. That's but, cool. But, you know, usually you're too busy thinking of the next <laughs> note to, to, yeah. to spend too long with it. But yeah, it, it's it's a luscious uh, indulgence. For nice. You. I nice. was reading about uh, the Gibson Thunderbird. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but initially you had said that this was not a, a bass where you had initially liked the sound of it. And and then um, later on, upon exploration and, and finding out more about it and obviously proceeding along with the book, you now love this uh, bass and you and you started to bring in essence, it started this thing that has you, you know, for the for the last tours of Rush, bringing along a whole you know, a ton of basses so that you could get eclectic sounds. 
Uh, what, what is what is the holy grail base that is not in the Getty Lee collection that you are still looking for? Mm. Oh, okay, that's a, that's a tough question to answer, but um, uh, there are a few bases I'm still looking for, and mostly they are sort of esoteric desires. You know, like uh, there's certain colors of uh, of a you know pre CBS Fender bases that I haven't been able to find. There's a, a, a particularly uh, you know, iconic bass from 1968. Fender made these two, uh, they were sort of precision bass reissues. They were, that's when they brought back the Telecaster bass, which, which was sort of the first design of, of the precision bass. And they, because of, it was 68 and it was the summer of love and it was psychedelia, you know, yeah. one of them, one of them was covered in literally, uh, paisley, pink paisley wallpaper and the other was covered in blue floral wallpaper <laughs> for some reason the pink paisleys are much easier to find than the blue floral so i'm still looking for a blue floral 1968 uh fender uh, telecaster base hey getty oh sorry nick go ahead hey, uh, getty in, uh, in 2004 mm-hmm. uh canadians elected you or nominated you as the 96th greatest canadian of all time and <laughs> i'm wondering if you know who number 95 is i have no idea uh, it's it's lord stanley lord so stanley. You, you rank yeah. here. Stanley Cup. You rank right behind Lord Stanley, who created the Stanley Cup. So I just oh, want to God. congratulate you on that. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> That's quite an honor. Yeah. You guys, you guys are full of interest. <laughs> hey, Ged, I wanted to ask: Have you uh, have you been getting the itch to write or play live uh, in any way? Um, well, you know, I've always liked to play, and uh, this book has been a wonderful distraction for me and a, and a fantastic, edifying journey in a sense. And le- you know, every time you learn about something new or, or some different process, which writing writing a book is is a whole new venture for me. Uh, it expands your mind, it expands the way you think, and so it's a good thing for you. But uh, whenever I'm home, of course, I always have a, a base in my hand, and, and eventually I will uh, probably try to seek some sort of gainful employment with that. Okay. I wanted to ask you because this you, this is your you know your your first swipe at uh, writing a, a book of, of this nature, and it involved a lot of interviews. And you're usually the interviewee, not the interviewer. And mm-hmm. your I believe your first interview for the book was Bill Wyman, which yeah. seems fairly formidable. Um, you, what what did you bring into that, and what was your mindset approaching? Uh, you know, uh, obviously a legend like Bill Wyman. Uh, any special techniques, and was he immediately a good subject? <laughs> well, Bill, um, uh, if you if you read the interview in the book, you'll see the the kind of character that Bill is. He is a fantastically funny and wry sense of humor. Right, he's a very funny man, but he's also an incredibly fascinating and deeply talented person in in many different ways. He's written nine books. He's an amateur archaeologist. He invented his own metal detector because, as he would tell you himself, I have very small hands. (laughs) So, you know, so, he was lovely to talk to, but he was a little bit daunting because he wants to talk about anything other than bases. So it was my very first interview, so the first time that I was on the other side of the table, so to speak, and we were in a restaurant in Chelsea in London, uh, and, uh, you know, I had to keep trying to bring him back to the bass guitar when he wanted to talk about how, he, you know, he loved 
you know, cricket. And <laughs> he had thrown a, a hat trick at the Oval. I'm the only musician ever to do that. <laughs> well, you sort of feel like a border collie at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, you know, he was great fun, and it was really enjoyable. But I didn't know whether, when I left there, whether I had the material that I needed. But <laughs> Of course, I had that and and way more. Wow! I, as a baseball fan, I'm sure you've heard of the term the yips. Um, and have you ever? Is there a such thing as the yips as a musician? And I'm asking you specifically because of the type of music you guys played. It's it's so fast and progressive that intricate and intricate. Really, yeah. uh, have you ever um, experienced anything like that? Well, only in terms of remembering lyrics. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, when you're playing a three-hour show, and, and some of those lyrics are rather complex. Yes. If you've uh, ever read any of the lyric sheets that come with our records. <laughs> yes. So there, are, there have been times where I walk up to the mic and I open my mouth and nothing comes out. <laughs> I, I, I remember it. one time I was playing a concert in Leeds in England and uh, it was closer to the heart and it's just guitar and my voice and I open my mouth and uh, nothing. <laughs> and that's and one of the so, most iconic beginnings. Yeah. yeah, and the crowd very kindly started reminding me of what the lyrics were, and so I got back into the <laughs> They'll help you out when you need them like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, of baseball, two two more book ideas, Getty, since uh, you are now an author. Uh, big, beautiful book of baseball. Yeah. yeah. Or, being a wine aficionado, the big, beautiful book of booze. Yeah, or Burgundy. Yeah. Burgundy oh, is, is it more? Uh, yeah, yeah, is no, a classier way to good approach. I, good, good ideas, but yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, you know there are books on baseball and yeah, by, true, more, uh, true. by more by uh, more uh, respected writers than myself, and there are lots of books on wine. But the bass guitar, I felt, uh, was the right thing for me to to go out. And, and create a book for because I actually feel like I've you know I've held that instrument in my hand for yeah. over forty five years. So. Hey, I wanted to mention I've watched uh, Beyond the Lighted Stage probably a dozen times. Great documentary about the band. I wow. just want to tell you, your mother is adorable. <laughs> <laughs> she is. She's the sweetest thing. She can tell you can tell she raised a good boy and did it mainly on her own, and that's yeah. a wonderful thing. Now, didn't she and Dave Grohl's mom? Uh, start to have a relationship together because I know yeah. she wrote a book about rock no. moms. No, absolutely, they're they're pals, and uh, you know my family and the Grohl family have gotten quite close over the years, and it, largely due to Jenny Grohl because she wrote that book about rock moms, and she came up here to to meet my mom and interview her, and they just got on like a house on fire, and and they're still they still communicate, and and uh, you know they were just up here recently doing a, a, a talk. Jenny was doing a talk on her book with Dave. And so they were all over at the house. So, um, yeah, it's a lovely thing that, that they, these two uh, found each other. And, you know, my mom's older, of course, than, than Ginny, mm-hmm. but she's really a very sweet lady. And, and the way Dave treats my mom is, is just, I mean, he is really one of the good guys, I got to tell you. That's very cool. I, I have to assume at this point, and we know that, you know, Dave is a, is a huge fan. There's, you have so many fans, and, and the, the term fanboy is very applicable because, you know, that, uh, I, I'm sure you have encountered, or the you have a, a certain radar when it comes to people approaching you and who might lapse into absolute uh, adoration. Um, you know, do you um, does it does it get old? Are you always flattered by it? How you know because there's a, there's a certain level of fandom that I think surrounds 
you and your band in particular that sort of transcends a lot of other bands. Uh, how do you handle that? Well, you know, that's an interesting question. Um, when I started to plan the promotion of this book, of course, the idea of book signings came up, which is sort of a traditional thing that, that authors do. And there were so many ideas. There were so many complicated ways of handling it. People were trying to protect me in certain ways. And in the end, it all got very tiresome. I said, look, let's just do a few of these things and see how they go. Right. And uh, I started planning a few of them and and showing up not knowing what to expect. And, you know, I found lineups of Rush fans and and I have found honestly the the whole experience so lovely and meeting these folks, they're so appreciative of the two minutes they get with me just to speak their mind and, and to share some of their rush history with me. And it's just been it's been wonderful. Oh, that's great. There have been very few people that I've met in the course of all the signings I've done that have been, you know, a bit uncomfortable. But, <laughs> you know, uh, for the large part of it, it's a very meaningful moment for them, and it turns into a very meaningful moment for me. So I've really enjoyed it. Wonderful. The 19th, uh, Getty's going to be in town at the Barnes & Noble, uh, Walnut Street in Philadelphia. And also, Getty, I want to remind people that Cin- uh, Cinema Strangiato is uh, coming out. It's a uh, there's one night screening that's happening at, at different uh, movie theaters around the country on August 21st. And this is a new documentary, or is it mainly just cover uh, the the R40 that final tour? Yeah, what it is 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 basically uh, kind of a, a way of celebrating the R40 tour in a sense on the big screen. Mm. Uh, it's taken a lot of of stuff that fans might have seen on that. Uh, video the concert footage but it's added a, a few twists to it there's there's some sound check footage there's some uh, pieces that people haven't seen and haven't been released and there are interviews with various musicians blah blah blahing about us and <laughs> so uh, you know I think the intent of of the record company in that regard was to just to create something that you can't have at home yeah. you know going into a venue with a, a ton of other like-minded Rush fans and, you know, celebrating the, the final tour, as it were. Um, I haven't uh, had a chance to, to read the, the book, and I can't wait to, but I do have a question. There doesn't happen to be a section with Paul Rudd called Slappin' the Bass. <laughs> no, but you have no idea how many times I've had to write that phrase. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, uh, I, I love that he has kind of become a part of, of your family uh, <laughs> yeah, no, in he, that way because he's such a great guy. He so. is a super, super guy. Awesome. All right, well, the book signing, Barnes Noble uh, on Walnut Street on the 19th. And uh, we're going to be giving some uh, tickets away this morning. And that'll be, I believe, at 5 o'clock. I'll double check on the time and make sure everybody and knows the info. Getty, we're huge fans. Congratulations on the success of this book and and uh, hope you enjoy your time here in Philadelphia. Thank you much, guys. I really appreciate talking. No problem. Getty Lee, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. That couldn't have been any better. Wow, man. wow, What wow. a nice guy. Oh, my God. Let me ask you, when, when you Ugh. talk to a hero like that and mm-hmm. they're as nice as he is Ugh. and as Canadian as he is, mm-hmm. does it change your perception of, of, of having him up on a pedestal at all? I think we could be best friends. That's what I'm yeah. asking. Uh, I really, no. Um, it humanizes them. It really does. And I think, it, it, for me, if I may jump in here, Preston, it, it raises them up even more. Yeah. You know, yeah, that, I agree. Uh, a, a, a nice, pleasant conversationalist, 
Uh, you know, and whereas in the converse situation, someone that you hold up who is taciturn and, and cold, it, it destroys it. Here, it just embellishes. Yeah, I, di- I didn't fanboy on him. I was I was thinking about it, and uh, and I have met him a couple of times, and he's been very, very pleasant and actually sat in on an interview with Pierre when Pierre had with him. He was nice enough to invite me in on the interview. You ever see the Terminator? <laughs> yeah. But I, I was thinking about what that what what I get from the band's music, and and I just you know I I would like to relay that to Getty, but he's heard it before, and I'm yeah. just a guy to him, and and it'd be no big deal. But I was just thinking about all the enjoyment over the years that I've gotten out of their music. And Casey, the same thing could be say uh, said for Fish for you, Steve for for, for Steely Dan, or or for Genesis, or the yeah. bands that you really really love, Nick Pearl Jam and BTS. all that. BTS is and BTS. Yeah. Yeah. No man, I, I've just gotten I've gotten enjoyment, I've gotten emotion, I've gotten uh, musical intrigue from how precise and amazing and creative they are. I've gotten great advice, but more than anything, out, out of Rush's music, I've gotten great stories. Because the way Neil would write lyrically, I'm, I'm blown away. I can either sit there and I can either focus on Neil's incredible drumming or I can focus on Getty's amazing musicianship overall or Alex's incredible in, in inventive uh, creative ways on the guitar or the message or the story or whatever it is. And I can focus on one of those at a time. And, and there are a lot of great stories that have been written in that music over the years. And, and, and the same can be said for your favorite band, my favorite band of the Beatles, and obviously I get all of that from them as well. You know, well, but it's just great. It's uh, just music is so awesome. You would, love it when you want to fanboy out because Time Stand Still is is in the pantheon of of great great songs that mean the world to me. Whenever you to me every time I hear that song, it's a re um, a correction of how how to approach life and and to to savor each moment. Yes, and that is actually. On a technical level, it's probably one of the more simple songs that they do, and it, there's, there's, it, but it is it it speaks volumes to me. I know you feel the same way about it. Yeah. It's just a great song that gets you at a gut level. And but again, he's heard it yeah. countless times. Sure, you know. <laughs> yep. I enjoyed listening to that interview, guys. I thought it was a, I thought it was a really good interview. <laughs> Sorry, it, I kind of no, no, no. This, took over, but this was for you. Oh. Uh, and Marissa was able to isolate, I think, she thinks, uh, a pretty special part of the interview. Okay. Listen, here we go. Hang That's on. a brilliant study. Thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So I brought up something that he really appreciated. <laughs> kind of punch myself on the arm. Yeah. Way to go, Way buddy. To go, bud. Nice job. Um, I do want to mention that we have a chance for you to win uh, tickets to, uh, actually, the Cut the Line Passes oh, to yeah. this book signing and a copy of Getty's book. We have a video on our social media. It's on Instagram, and it's on uh, Twitter, I believe. I don't know about Facebook as well, but anyhow, it's me air drumming to a Rush song. And if you can identify what that song is simply by my gesturing, uh, then you need to text the word Rush, followed by the title that you think it is, to 39333. And then from the people that get it correct, we're going to draw, I think... uh, well, we're going to draw a winner from that. So, now, because yeah. he's Canadian and they're all very courteous, a cut the line pass means you stay exactly where you are. But that's just <laughs> yeah, the idea. Yeah. So just keep that no, in no, mind. No, you do actually do get to cut the line. But can I give away one? Right? Is that what I'm doing or no? No. I we're, just... we're doing two winners? or Okay. From, I don't know, Marissa, you're gesturing. No, I, she's having uh... We just have the one to give away? Okay. She's it doing semaphore. It says you have two for Thursday only. So anyhow. Uh, to, just would you speak into the microphone for I crying was, out loud? I was, but it wasn't on. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Go we ahead. have two. Preston, this is your day. Whatever you want to do. Um, Give away one now. Give away one now. And Steve then use says. the uh, use the video for the other person. Okay. We'll take caller number 2,112. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> See what I did there? I we'll just change that into caller 12. How okay. about that? 215-263-WMMR, <laughs> and uh, you'll be able to go to the event and you get the base. So, man, that was really cool. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a break. We'll come back in a moment or two. We are scheduled to have uh, Kate Flannery. Oh, on. I love her. Know her. She's a She's good friend the of the Lee of a, of a comedy. She is. <laughs> <laughs> so she will be on in just a moment or two. We'll be back in a second. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. Rival Sons. Godsmack. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. I wrote this down because sometime we're going to have to have a conversation about rock songs from non-rock artists. Yeah. Because one that pops into my mind is... uh... Black Cat from Janet Jackson. Yeah. That's a great freaking song. That is yeah. a good song. Yeah, so we'll, we'll open that up another time. But right now, Steve, I think you called our next guest the Getty Lee of comedy. <laughs> the Getty Lee of comedy. Speaking of rock I think stars. that's absolutely yeah. correct. Yes. yes. Uh, At the top of her game. She's going to be in uh, Ocean City uh, coming up for an event on Saturday. Uh, and she's going to meet and greet and say hello, and she's a wonderful, wonderful woman. And we have to discuss a phenomenon that actually occurred yesterday on the show. Uh, a, a, a compare and contrast. Yeah, true. Yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and then we have some audio. Are we going to play that later? or uh, we What would you like to do with this? I'll just play it now. Play it now? Yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, we don't have it right now. I will, uh, all right, we'll play it then later. Was, later we'll Kate play it. Larry I just called audio? an audible. Uh, we'll get it in a little bit. Uh, so please welcome our dear friend. Oh, we need music. Yeah. Yes. I'm not going to play Rush. I'm not going to play Gay Lee. <laughs> And play the office. This is Kate Flynn. Hey, hey, Kate, how are you? <laughs> oh my God, you're not doing that. Season one, season one, The Office. Michael Scott. Okay. Yes, yeah, all right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so wait a minute. Where are you? How come you're not here in our studio? I'm in LA, but I'm coming in because I'm going to be in Ocean City. And I'm also going to be performing in Atlantic City on Thursday and Friday, the 18th and 19th. With Dave Damiani, who I call the Michael, he's like the Jersey Michael Bublé. He's from Cherry Hill. He's on Sirius XM all the time. He's a great guy. And we're just doing a couple shows at the Dante Hall. That's very cool. Too, but it's also a place. Dante Hall is a place and a person. It's so screwed up. So anyway, make sure you go to, you know, whatever. <laughs> How are you guys? We're doing well. We're doing well. You've actually, we've been discussing you a lot because we've been talking recently about the Office has been on a massive resurgence of popularity, and it's uh, it's bizarre how it's now filtered down to like um, like kids are discovering The Office. Casey, in particular, yeah, it's so you 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 guys are aware of this. I mean, oh, uh, yeah. this rebirth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's bigger than it was when we mm. did it years ago. I mean, it's crazy. It's. I mean, I'm in a hotel room with hookers and blow right now. Because- <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're that's, a, that's how much of a rock star <laughs> lifestyle you have. Hey, I hope you're getting checks. I don't know how it works on Netflix if you get checks for every single uh, stream that you get from from that show. And if that is the case, then my daughter's um, seventh and eighth grade class. She bought school, some of your blow. Yeah, they they paid your mortgage this month. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a funky system, but trust me, it's all good. It's all good. It's I, I'm 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 loving it, and I I mean, I'm so surprised. 
Did you see do something and you hope you're not embarrassed a few years later? <laughs> well, you listen, you knew that there was a pedigree involved. You know, uh, it's just weird that we even at this point we're, we're talking about The Office. But from the get go, the show was always it was, it was based on obviously the, the, the great British uh, uh, Ricky Gervais original version. But I, I think it, it actually superseded it, uh, right. you know, in, in, in many ways. And so the, you had a great creative team. But again, this is probably sparked. There has been talk about, you know, a, a reunion run or a right. limited series are are is that has this rekindling of excitement move that talk along it well you know I, I there's definitely talk i mean i'm sure you guys saw snl uh with steve carell yeah. uh you know major but you know i don't know i mean I, I i also think there's this there's a thought process that says like it we we ended on such a great note that don't ruin the sacred thing that existed i mean i don't know you know so i i <clears throat> I'm definitely pro reboot as long as it's within the, you know the right hands. But I get it if they don't do it. I understand. I have two I words for you: Fuller House. <laughs> it can be done. I have two words for you: Lori Loughlin. Oh, that's, that's All good. right, you win. I watched. Um, I can't remember where I was watching it, but it was uh, some audition tapes from people uh, that that didn't get cast on The Office. And, you know, it's what's amazing to me is how perfectly cast the show was. Right. And, you know, Eric Stone Street was up for the part of Kevin. Oh, my God. Because I I knew him from improv and I was like, oh, dude, something better will come along. Boy, was I right. (laughs) (laughs) Kate, it's interesting to see how how it lives on, too, and and not just on Netflix, but on social media. And, you know, during the Stanley Cup finals, John Krasinski and and Jenna Fisher were tweeting back at one another. And then recently, Steve Carell was tweeting at um, Rob McElhenney of It's Always Sunny fame about, you know, this office, It's Always Sunny mashup. So it it lives on in memes and in in videos and in Netflix and, and in many different ways. And I don't know if that's cool for you or weird or what. Are you kidding? I mean, anybody that, if that is a, I mean, it, it is, it is so like beyond what anybody expects when they go into audition for a part for anything. Yeah. You know, this is like, it's like the social lottery. It's like the cultural lottery as well as, you know, uh, uh, any monetary thing. It's just so great that their fans, you know, that, that our fans give a crap. You know, that's the thing. I, and you know, I watched my language. Did you notice I didn't say anything? We have something to tell. We actually had Leslie Jones on yesterday from SNL, who's known, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, awesome, but she is known for having a language. She's great. She's fun and full of life and the whole thing. And we love the interview. <laughs> she cursed half of the amount of times you cursed when you were on. <laughs> so you still hold the record. Yep. You beat wow. Leslie Jones in a curse on-air cursing contest. Uh, and I have to live with that. I went to Catholic school. I have to live with that. We start our dumb button. I'm, as looking, you well at, know. I'm looking at the Flannery switch right now. It's still here on my. I'm, I knew it. Oh my God. You knew she was going to do it. Why does why does you use it? You put a lot of heart into yeah. that one too. Kate saying the f word is still sort of sweet. Yeah, oh God. Yeah, that's awesome. Nobody but you guys, because I'm so relaxed around you. Guys. <laughs> well, that's well, we take I, it as a compliment. You know, it's home. You know, I have the audio of this this little video that you made. I, I can air this now if you want All to, right. Steve. All right. So this is this is Kate, and she did this. We have this posted on our uh, Twitter and and Instagram. But this is Kate. Here we go. Hey. Hey, Preston and Steve, it's me, Kate Flannery, Meredith from the office. What's up? Hey, uh, I'm going to be calling in today to talk about 
my, uh, uh, well, it's a, it's a show I'm doing in Atlantic City on July 18th and 19th, the Ducktown show at Dante Hall. Dante Hall. Uh, isn't that an athlete? Yes, no, but it's a place too. Dante Hall. It's not a hole. It's actually a great place. So get off your ass and um, get some tickets. Uh, I'll be singing with Dave Damiani's band, but don't let that intimidate you. Uh, I will say hi afterwards if you show up, as long as you don't act like a head. Uh, yeah, so come on out. And um, oh, yeah, I'm going to be uh, doing a meet and greet in Ocean City before. So bring your mother, bring your grandmother. Um, I will drink to that. And I already did. Uh, and I'll be the Grand Marshal of the Night in Venice Parade this Saturday in Ocean City. So, um, yeah, please come, won't you? That's what she said. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> I love shameless. that. Shameless. shameless. Yeah, yes. Shameless. No, but it's so cool that you're going to be. Cl- and and you, so you, you look at all the honors you're getting now. You're going to be. I know it's it's fantastic. It's I'm believe me. I'm to be on the marquee in the, uh, the Ocean City Music Pier is like insane. It's it's crazy. It's yeah, ridiculous. Hey, Kate, how are, how are things with uh, Jane Lynch? Are you still seeing her recently? Yes, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, Jane's been uh, in New York. Uh, we were actually um, we we have a bunch of shows coming up this fall. I'm still hoping to hit Philly. The closest we got last year was Kutztown, uh, um, which is was great, but it's not Philly. You know, I yeah. mean, I'm just hoping we get a little closer. So we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure uh, how to make that happen, but yeah, the Christmas album is doing great. So we're definitely going to be doing some more Christmas. We were actually on a rock and roll bus last year. Oh, that's cool. Um, for 23 cities. Crazy. Sleeping in compartments. Oh, my God. We're all over 50. I'm old. But I'm not cool. I don't know. No, it is cool. Yeah, listen, you're young at heart. You know, it's, it's the, the, honestly, the career has, uh, it just it just keeps going. And with the, the occasional pop-ups like this uh, office uh, resurgence. But, I mean, so, I mean, as far as, obviously, you've been on other shows. You were on um, the uh, the house, um I I'm having a brain fart, but you were playing the the the, the bitchy traffic uh, uh, cop over at the school. Uh, oh, what? Uh, American American housewife. American housewife. Yeah. That's it. Which is a great yeah, yeah, character, yeah. and you were hilarious. And so oh, you see you yeah. see it popping up all over the place. What else do you have in the works in in that well, realm? I, I did, you know what? I I nothing I can talk about right now. But there's a few things. I did an episode of Young Sheldon, and I'm I'm they're saying I might be back. So I play the school nurse. Yes, that's um, right. You were great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, there's, like, always talk of me possibly coming back on Brooklyn Nine-Nine because Mean Marge's name is still over their break room. There's still, like, a plaque. <laughs> that was, that, that was so hilarious. That, that, that show, I think, is such, is such a uh, – and we've had a, a number of the cast members on. It is – out of so the gate, great. it won, like, the Golden Globe for, for writing or for comedy series that year. And then I think it's, it's, it's sort of um, – uh, you know, it was kind of pushed to the side, but the writing and the, the ensemble, again, another like office situation, different, slightly different style of comedy. But, but a few uh, of the same office writers, which uh, is why oh. you sort of get that vibe. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's great. Hey. Yeah, it's awesome. No, I love those guys. They're great. What do you think about uh, your Lego character from uh, The Office? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think she's fantastic, but uh, it's weird because it's hard to look like you're wearing a, a jump, a romper in Lego. Like, <laughs> Because <laughs> it looks like I'm wearing overalls instead, but that's that's my only compliment. And uh, and then I was at Funko. There's you know they're finally the, they're making the the, pop, the pops yes. at the office finally. But I don't think Meredith's in the first round. What the um, hell? Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. I mean they're it's uh, they're going to get there. They're going to get there. But I'm just that's like a, the fans have spoken thing. So if you think you don't have a voice, like I say, call call your congressman. Call your congressman, <laughs> call your congressman <laughs> to make sure there's a Meredith Funko pop. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so crazy. Oh my gosh, that's right. It's it, it's absurd. I mean, it, it's it's so awesome. And and if you were around uh, ten years ago, you could have had a Meredith bobblehead. Uh, I have a few of those. They still exist. Oh, um, we, if you if you have an extra, we'd be honored. I don't know if it's okay. if it's asking right. too much. We but but you know, stop and think about this. And I was I was I forget what I was talking about. Their their I know Casey's kids are are, are definitely into the office, but. If you're, for me, I was indoctrinated into comedy vis-a-vis, you know, Bugs Bunny, the Looney Tunes, which was like the, you know, that's a, that's a school. That's a school you want to go to. All these kids who are learning comedy chops and timing through the office bodes well for the future of comedy writers and performers. I agree. All those kids are going to grow up and be uh, heads of networks. Um, (laughs) I'm available. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, hey, Kate, were you uh, were you uh, a regular at the shore in the summer times when you were growing up around here? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I I used to work on the boardwalk in Ocean City. I spent every oh. summer of my life. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I told this story on the Tonight Show once. I realized one summer I had a job at a t-shirt shop called Uranus. I still love dancing. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I also worked at Laura's Fudge, uh, and it took me years later to realize. Wait a minute. I was a fudge packer working at Uranus. <laughs> Uranus exactly. You were a fudge packer working at Uranus. Exactly. It just doesn't. What a great summer that was. It would was. make more sense to be working at a an underwear store called Uranus <laughs> than a T-shirt store. And you know, like you know those decal shirts. If you blow it, you got to throw the T-shirt out. You know. Yes. Oh God, it's, so, it's so much pressure. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. Oh, now, I used to love those T-shirt shops, though, where yeah. you'd pick your design and then they'd steam it onto the shirt. And it, it and would last bad. about, it would last three washings yeah. and that was it. <laughs> now, did you, you turn it inside out. Yeah. Inside out when you wash it, hun. Yeah. Oh, now, you're did, right. did you actually, <laughs> did you actually make fudge while you were there, too? Or did you I just, did not make, just pack it? I did you not just make fudge. Okay. I just, yes. I just, <laughs> uh, now, how about how about the 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 night in Venice uh, boat parade? I'm sure you've seen that over the years, right? I, is... Oh my gosh! I yes, we used to go every year. Like sometimes we just hang out at the Harbor House on the dock, and then my parents' friends had a house, so sometimes we get invited over there, and that was a blast. I have to but, ask yeah, you: yeah. you're as Irish as they come. You you must have had uh, like oh. me. I put house paint on when I go to the beach. I, <laughs> yes. I was hiding under the boardwalk. Are you kidding me? I was like, help me. Help me. I'm Explode into flames. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd take I'd, like three hours just to go to the bathroom. I'd be hiding. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be, you'll be the grand marshal of the, uh, the night in Venice boat parade. So yeah. does, that, does that mean you'll be on, on the lead boat or? I think so. Okay. Uh, I hope they strap me down because I'm not sure how I'm going to, I will see. I, it'll be interesting, uh, oh. and I, I may have wristbands because even in the episode of Booze Cruise on The Office, I was wearing wristbands because I was afraid of getting seasick. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> wow. That's, it's, story. it's so cool. It's so awesome. Yeah, you're going to have a great time. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that... so, I'm gonna do, so I'm doing a meet and greet that day on the 13th, uh, uh, this Saturday, the 13th, between 11 and 12 at the Music Pier okay. uh, in Ocean City. So if people want to come and just take a pic, you know, say hi and take a picture, we can do that. So okay, and then, then you're, AC, you're in AC on the 18th and 19th, and that's at Dante yes. Hall, uh, Theater right. of Arts. With, cool. it's, yeah, it's called uh, the uh, Summer 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 Duck Fest show. It's it's with Dave Damiani. It'll be fun. It's like a, a big band, and, you know, I mean, it's 
you know, it, it'll be fun. You can have a drink before you come. Are you are you are you just straight up singing, or is there comedy involved? I, I mean, there is a little comedy. I mean, the songs are mostly you know fun and, okay. and quick and fun. Yeah, okay. it's kind of like I mean, Jane and I have expanded our gig because last year, actually September, we got to do the Carlisle Hotel and uh, in a show called Two Lost Souls, the two of us, and so. I got to sort of do a little more uh, heavy lifting in the show, so it's really fun. So it's it's cool. going to be a little bit, a little bit of, um, uh, you know. I mean, I'm, I feel like the nice thing about uh, getting, um, you know, uh, on the office, like people actually are interested in other things that I'm interested in. So I'm finding my people on all levels. Oh, and you're you're so, you're incredibly, you know, fan friendly. So that uh, you know, if 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 you have, if you're at all a, a fan of the office or Kate's, go out and see the show. Yeah. So. The other thing I want to tell you is that I've done a couple Comic Cons this year ah. from the office. I couldn't do the Philly one because I was performing in New York with Jane uh, in September, but I did one with Oscar Creed and um, Brian, who plays uh, Brian Baumgartner, who plays Kevin and Leslie David Baker. And we were in, I think we were in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, like outside of Pittsburgh. Yeah. So, um, I, and you know what's so weird? There was a person across, uh, and, uh, like, a, they had, you know, you you get, like, these tables, and you sit there, and people come, you guys have been to Comic-Cons, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Right. It's awesome. Like, I love that, like, suddenly the office is on the Comic-Con menu, but it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, you're royalty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's insane. So, so I'm looking across the way. I'm like, who is that? Like, Tom Berenger is across, from, his table's across the mic, and I got to tell him in the break room, I'm like, I was an extra in Eddie and the Cruisers. I I didn't, I skipped my scene. <laughs> Stop it. I swear to God, I... Oh my God! I'm sure you couldn't have cared less, but I was like, Oh my God! Uh, so, uh, uh, Eddie and the Cruisers, Michael Paré, and he was in the original one. He wasn't in the sequel, but but uh, right. yeah. You can actually see me during the the song "The Dark Side." I have a. You can basically make me out. I'm clapping like a moron. <laughs> front row. We're gonna I'm look like for that. Sweater. Yeah. You should, and I, I'm acting my ass off. I'm clapping like a dumb... I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, but it, I, it I was the, the days of a camera for like two so, seconds, yeah. What what was Tom Berenger promoting that he was at Comic-Con? He was just there. <laughs> yeah, I don't, it's, I don't know, man. It's, it's, I mean, you know... Full Metal Jacket? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't platoon. Know. No, Platoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Maybe. God damn it. Yeah. Listen, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, what happens is if you, a lot of these things, if you have any sort of pop culture significance whatsoever, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll pop you in he there. Actually, he has a new movie right. coming out where he plays an aged uh, superhero. It, it, the, the premise of the movie is that he's in this uh, retirement home for superheroes <laughs> yeah. who've gotten older, and I think okay. Louis Gossett Jr. might be in it as well. Oh, man. So maybe oh. that's what he's promoting. It's called yeah. Kryptonite. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's perfect for Comic Con, but I I held him hostage in the break room. I'm thinking, oh my god! That's I'll funny. send you the picture. It was yes, like, the picture, and and at some point a bobblehead. Yeah, we want all that. <laughs> nice. You guys are the best. Well, thank you, Kate. We love you. And I just point out, I'll point out Saturday at 11 a.m. Uh, Music Pier in the Ocean City uh, Boardwalk, and then at Dante Hall Theater. Of the arts in Atlantic City on July 18th and 19th. So stop by and Thank see. You so much, you guys. Kate, we love you. Thanks, Kate. And uh, hopefully we'll see you very soon, okay? I hope so. I'm definitely going to stop in this summer. We'll, please we'll do. make it happen. Awesome. All right. All right. So, Kate. Uh, yeah. so warn the security guard, please. <laughs> <laughs> Give a heads up now. And, and then, like, I'm gonna... not like a hoagie, I'm sorry. I'm throwing them at me. When and... I come to town, they just throw hoagies at me all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, guys, a record. She only cursed one time. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. We'll see you, Kate. I'm growing up, you guys. I'm growing up. I love you. <laughs> see you later. Oh, my God. She's awesome. Uh, Nick pulled up the picture 
of uh, of this <laughs> of this movie with Tom Berenger. It's called Super Supervised, and Tom Berenger, Bo Bridges. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louis Gossett Jr. and a few other names that I don't recognize, though they are the ones that are. It looks very, very. Do you know funny. be a better name, Preston? Uh-uh. The Retirement Watchman. Yes, I right. Like that the Retirement Watchman. <laughs> right. Wow. When you retire, they give you a watch. I have not True. heard of this thing, but that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Where's um, it going to be? Uh, it's coming out later this year, so it comes out uh, actually next week. Um, supervised. All right. Huh. I haven't heard anything about it. Must be wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Well, I'm, but is it going to be like? Streaming or uh, straight to DVD? No, I, I, I don't straight know. Straight to VHS. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean it's it's it, it, the release date on uh, per IMDb is uh, July nineteenth. So okay, hitting, that's why you've been hearing all about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. hitting theaters or not uh, next week. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um. So, question: Should yes. we uh, you finish your text there? No, I'll okay. Your question here. No, I'm listening to you, okay. dude. Dear um, Preston, <laughs> I think you're cute. <laughs> I knew it. Always knew it. Your phone jiggles a little bit. Um, Should we take a break now, or should I talk about something else? If you have 10 minutes to talk about something, let's talk about something else. Okay. I got an interesting email from someone uh, named Tim Douglas, longtime listener of the President Steve Show. I know that name. And he said, uh, hey, guys, been listening since Y100 Days, and over the years while listening, I've noticed what I call Steve-isms. I love this. A Steve-ism, and he, he defines it here. Yeah is an uncommon word or phrase used by our beloved Steve that I understand the meaning of but never hear anybody else say but Steve. I thought this might be an interesting topic of conversation, so I figured I'd forward my list on to you. (laughs) Yes, I want to hear these. So uh, he said, and by the way, he says, keep bringing the (laughs) ha-ha. Keep bringing the ha. And rock on. Uh, shout out to Julie Hellner, my amazing fiance. So that is from uh, Tim Wait, Douglas. I, I can give a little Yeah, give a little shot here. And then I'll, I'll give you the... Um, I mean, it the, took the time to do this. The Steve-isms. There All right. So an uncommon word or phrase used by Steve, but he never hears anybody else say. Okay. Right. So here, there's just words. Okay. Uh, uh, a few words here. So one of them is imbibe. Imbibe. You use imbibe a lot. Oh. Do I? Okay. We used to say imbibe because there would be drinking games we would play in college where you couldn't say the word drink. Drink, drank, or drunk. Okay, yeah. Yep. So and you would have to use words that, in order to instruct somebody to drink alcohol. Consume. That's it, yeah. yeah but yeah. we would imbibe. use imbibe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Steve uses it uh, specifically to For... talk about how he doesn't imbibe. Imbibe. Oh, okay. And anally. Okay. Here's another one. Up to snuff. <laughs> Up to snuff, yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's an old... Colloquialism. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Steveism is head muckety muck. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I like head muckety muck. Yeah, I think that gets it done. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite. Um, it's one of the airplane movies. Uh, the big cheese. The uh, the head honcho. Yeah, it was the second one. That right, was yeah. Shatner saying all right. that. Eight because numero uno. uno. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it, Bill Weston definitely has his Billisms, yes. you know, like homyonkles and stuff like that. Yes. And, and would a muckety oh, muck. By the way, after, yes, I think homyonkle and muckety muck are, are similar. However, after years, we've learned that Bill was not saying it correctly. It was sort of a hybrid. Homyonkle is a straight up Bill made up creation. Word? Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. Like there, there's a yonkle. There's, he, yeah. 
We looked it up, and there's no such there's word. No <laughs> Bill invented it, but now it's it's worked its way into it our vernacular. It has now become yeah. I told accepted. You, man, sometimes if I'm playing golf and I hit a, a big line drive yeah. right down the center of the fairway, I'm like, that's a hom <laughs> right there. So you've turned it into a positive. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think, though, in our understanding of hom uh, the, the highest class of Yonkel is a Hom Is a Hom Yonkel, yes. All right. All right, now I'm getting a lot of texts of other Steve-isms, okay? So, Nick, keep, yeah. an, keep an eye on those. Okay. All right, let me go through these other ones. Uh, adroit. Adroit, yes. Is another okay. word. Yes. That uh, that you don't hear uh, that often, but from you, Steve. Here's another one. Going at a decent clip. Oh, <laughs> Steve mm-hmm. says that. I yep. do. Okay. Mm-hmm. I do say You know, and a lot of these come actually from my dad. Oh really? I would say these things a lot, and you know, okay. you, you imprint on your on your kids. Uh, I imprint on my cats. Another one is sage advice. Yes, okay. and uh, we do hear that. Yep, <laughs> and then the last one is on the up and up. Hmm. Yeah, according to his list. Now I, I, I really talk like a forties detective. <laughs> <laughs> I have one to add what? Yeah. That, that I. I I can't. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody else say this, but I know it's a word that exists. It's okay. Just use it, uh, but you do use it quite a bit, and that's troika. Troika. I could say it almost happens every day. Yes, at least once. There's a troika somewhere from around things. the time of uh, detente. Yes, <laughs> detente. So, uh, yeah, some people are pointing that out. Troika. Okay. Uh, one I know a phrase you love, Steve, is um, uh, conga line. When we have like a yes. bunch of guests in a row, you or, like- or Batan Death March. Yep. Okay, yeah, but conga even though line it's is, a horrible thing, right? But you like conga line as a positive, yes. Yeah, conga yeah. line of guests, right? Yes, is usually the full phrase. Yeah. Uh, here you go. Another one is gravitas, yes, yeah, 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 yeah which yeah, is yeah. the residue around a duck's anus. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, onus, yes, the onus is on us, he or the us. onus is on you. Onus, hey, onus, he loves us. <laughs> Which is, you know, we definitely rub off on each other. Yeah. I, 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 think, I hear but, you um, using phrases that he uses regularly. Um, it, and I'm in the running away club now. And, <laughs> honorary member. <laughs> uh, but I'm trying to think, um, sense of humor wise, I don't know how much of my sense of humor is mine or how much I've stolen from you. Well, that's that would that's an honor. Yeah. Because I think you have a very good sense of humor. Aww, Just look at your license photo. All right. Here's another one. Biting at the bit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I don't even, what is the origin of biting at the bit? That's actually a mistake that you make, and uh, it's not biting at the bit. Yeah, what is it? It's chomping at the bit, which is not... It's uh, champing at the bit. It's champing at the bit. So I've heard... For all my life, I've heard... It's evolved from champing to chomping to biting, and champing is literally a horse, like, um, in the back of its mouth, but it's it's not chewing or biting at something or chomping at something. It's a different meaning entirely. Right, so whenever I've heard it, because I repeated it, so I've heard it in its bastardized version. Exactly. Okay. It's evolved over the years. Right. And, and so basically it's changed its meaning because yeah. people repeat it in, in a way that originally was not intended. Fighting yeah. at the bit totally sounds right to me. Kind of like, like a sit-around totally sounds right to everybody. Yeah. Right. But exactly. it's not. It's not. No. All right. It's not um, <laughs> reprehensible. Yes. Is another word that's used quite a bit. And feel free if you want to jump in with... Um, with any of these others, if you guys notice something I say regularly, I'm talking about you guys here we in the studio. We call them chisms. Uh, oh, I mean isms. <laughs> I know a word that I learned from you. I had never heard the word before, and this is years and years and years ago. Yeah. You still use it occasionally, not as much, uh, but unbeknownst. Unbeknownst to me. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Dear Casey, please tell Preston I'm going to use unbeknownst. <laughs> I was like, who 
uses that word. Uh, just on a, on a quick aside, Casey, I don't know if we've ever talked about this on air, but uh, Jackie's inability to say the word K-A-Y-A-K oh. cracks me up. Kayak. He can't say kayak? He can't say kayak. Ask really? him to say he literally cannot put those two, those five letters together and in those iron. two syllables. Well, iron becomes iron. Iron. <laughs> I knew a guy who couldn't say jewelry. He was a jewelry. Okay. Jewelry. Jewelry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You know, the I thing with, say it, man. with Jackie has such an endearing delivery oh that God, uh, yeah. it, it just, it's so, and you know, it's like there was, uh, that's so Raven, that's so Jackie. We're not <laughs> making fun of him. It, no, we, I it's, love it. It's absolute love, it. love. It's adoration with Jackie. Right. Yeah, let me go through a couple, a little bit. <laughs> Look, right. uh, let me go through a couple more here and then feel free to chime in and add yours. And if you want to call in, feel free. Dichotomy. Yep. Uh, cathartic. It's very cathartic. Sodomy. Uh, let's see. Uh, and, um, uh, do the deal is definitely one that you, uh, do the deal. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do the deal tonight. Yeah. Uh, visceral. Yeah. Is a yeah. Word that I like that used. word. Yep. That is a good word. A good word. Uh, lexicon. Yep. Wow. Jabroni. Uh, <laughs> vitriol vitriolic. Yes. Um, don't know what either of those mean. Reconoinker. Yep. <laughs> That's definitely a Steveism. Self-deprecating. Yes, uh, one of which, my favorite attributes in a person. You hear a lot. You, you do hear that one. Um, ba, 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 ba. Oh, that's a good one. Modus operandi. Yes, that that one? method one? of no. operation. Oh, Sex. tangential. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, and, yeah, that's all my dad. Those are words my dad would use all the time. Let's see. Along with the f word, juxtaposition. Yeah, exculpatory. Dystopian, <laughs> cantankerous. <laughs> They're all good words. These are all good words. Uh, SAT Casey, words. If, if, and and you know when you, when you start to notice these things, you um, they're highlighted and and you hear them more often, or, or they 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 just jump out at you more often because Casey, when we're off air, uses the f word casually so much that if you do pay attention to it, you, you hear it. You know what I mean? Every yes. single time. Sometimes an F-bomb can just be a little throwaway. But there there are Casey phrases. I S you not is one that he uses a lot. Oh, um, really? Yes. Oh. Um, Here you go. Here's a few more for you, Steve. Yeah. Uh, austere. Uh-huh. Uh, germane. Yes, and Tito. And Tito. <laughs> Succumb. You can't like, but then there's other things like when somebody says something's germane, you can't not say Tito. And if somebody says many, you can't not say? Many. <laughs> yes, and he's the only one who laughs. Like Kathy's the only one that laughs when I do the Nick tennis sound. Yeah, or so you hear that in the morning when, I, when ever she's reporting on tennis. Listen, I'll, and you'll hear in the background, you'll hear. But yeah. it like it doesn't stop. It That's just Nick. keeps going. <laughs> well, it's because they're volatile. Yeah, they're, they're going right. back and forth. Right. Uh, oh man, what was the other one I was going to mention? Um, did you say austere? He did. did say yeah. austere. There were many, many ones. Uh, what was? Oh yeah, the the, the response is many. Uh, how about? If if the word amiable comes up or sociable, yep. sociable, it turns mm-hmm. into sociable, <laughs> which is from an old bit that maybe some people remember. I don't yeah. know. Tony Dan's are reading from the Goblet of Fire. Yep, yep, exactly. Jermaine, uh, we had mentioned always. Uh, you know, what we need to do also. Preston, a number of people have asked, uh, is the um, again the origin of drops and different sounds that we use. Sure, uh, it, it's uh, um, now. Uh, you know, we have some time coming off coming up. I'm, I'm going through all of the uh, oh. the instant replay drops and cataloging them again, so we can 
you know, have a have a fresher. There's a lot of stuff that we've lost over the years. It just sounds that have gone into the ether, and hopefully, we'll reclaim a lot of them. Here's one that I do hear you, Steve. What does penultimate mean? Because somebody has second a to the end. Um, yeah, next yeah, to yeah, last. Yeah, next to last, as opposed to not super ultimate. Yeah. Uh, which some people may think that, but it's it's at the end. It's at the the outer end of yeah. The ultimate is the the top, right? And the penultimate is the second to oh, the top. Oh, okay. It's like a yonkel as opposed to a ham yonkel, <laughs> okay. right? I want to know yonkel where... is a subordinate to a ham yonkel. Yeah, where do you think Bill got that? Because it... there is apparently there is a, the derivation. There is a yonkel or something. Is that um, a Jewish thing? <laughs> is that a Jewish thing? <laughs> oh, and then God. the rabbi turns to the congregation and says, "Ham yonkel, <laughs> blacka blacka blacka." Uh. Uh, it's the says, foreskin during a bris. Somebody <laughs> says that they use the word circa a lot. Circa. Yeah, you know, circa yeah, 1983, circa, yeah. whatever it may be. Uh, jocular. No, you don't use jocular. I've used jocular. You have. Uh, but... Like the jocular vein that runs up your neck. No, that's, that's, jug- that's the jugular. That's the jugular. Oh, that's the jugular. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Pound Town? <laughs> Pound Town is where I like to take the misses. I've only heard Pound Town on the golf course. Yeah. Casey and I were playing golf one time Pound in Florida, Town. and this kid just goes, Pound Town. He's, I'm, t- I'm going to Pound going Town. Going to Pound Town. <laughs> and then he banged his dad. It was weird. What? He banged what? his own father? <laughs> yeah. Well, he would, was that the Wisconsin crew? Yeah. Okay. Hot Carl. <laughs> the dad's name was Carl. Do you remember the... F- we were behind his back, we were calling him Hot Carl. <laughs> Hot Carl. <laughs> and then there's the penultimate Carl. Uh, vernacular. Yeah. Um, antiseptic. Well, I mean, th- th- these are... Yeah, yeah, there are words that Steve knows. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> trust me, you know, yeah. he knows a lot of words, but... I use uh, long, the word long often. <laughs> <Once Yeah. that laughs> when that- things are long or lengthy. That that you may not hear many other people use. They, yes. that's why these mini. are Steve is <laughs> yeah mini. Well, in that way, yeah, yeah. You, you you don't hear it. That How about often, uh, so. hypothecary or haberdasher? Those are haberdasher. Yeah. I've heard you say the word the probably every single day. I know. I got to stop that. Yeah, mm, I just getting annoying because now I notice it every single. Time. I use a lot of predicates. I've got to stop that yeah. and articles. All right. Well, thank you to uh, Tim Douglas who uh, I like that. Uh, sent the email. Uh, he wrote, imbibe up to snuffhead, muckety-muck, adroit, <laughs> going at a decent clip, sage advice, and on the up and up. And at number one, yeah. hot Carl. Hot Carl. <laughs> All right. uh, we are going to take a quick oh, break, and we what? are going to give away some some beverage Is that yeah, what we're, we're doing, Case? I got beer for you. Yep. Uh, we're going to give away a case of Yards Pink. Let's take caller number 9 at 215-263-WMMR. It's now available year-round in 12-pack cans. Pink is a sparkling tart berry ale. Grab a case of pink cans at Yards Brewery. on the inside. At 5th and Spring Garden or at FNN Wine and Spirits in Wilmington, Delaware. 215-263-WMMR. Coming back with the Bizarre File. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Let's do the B-File. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre File. Brought to you by Delilah's, the most beautiful and talented performers will compete for the coveted Diamond G-String Award. Delilah's, that is Wednesday, July 17th, hosted by Justina Valentine. You can visit Delilah's.com for details. All right, Kathy loves this story. A woman is facing charges after police say she was caught driving a car with two children in an inflatable swimming pool on the roof of her car. I love it. 
Jennifer A. Janice Yeager is charged with two counts of endangering the health or life of a child and two counts of reckless conduct. Oh, yeah, I, I guess that would be dangerous. Police <laughs> said that Jaeger was pulled over by an officer after she was spotted driving an Audi Q5, and on top of her car was an inflatable swimming pool with her two daughters, aged 8 and 16, inside the swimming pool. You have to see it, though, on the top of the of the car. It, it's like, huge. It's, it, it's giant. It's yeah. not... There's no way. And how did that kid even stand on the diving board? Uh, Jaeger told police that she had just driven to a friend's house to inflate the pool, and the girls were sitting in it to hold it down on the drive back home. On the roof! Why did they inflate it? Exactly. Well, I guess they couldn't do it on their own. Maybe the, the person had an air pump. Yeah. And the thing was huge. It's it better to get the air pump, bring it to your house. And there you it go. There no, and no, the no, no, no. Not yeah. when you have your kids that can weigh it down. Yeah. Jaeger was arrested and released. Why didn't they put water in it? After posting bond. <laughs> uh, this is in Mississippi. 36 vehicles and one 18-wheeler were sidelined on Interstate 10 Tuesday afternoon after running over roofing screws. <laughs> 36 vehicles. Wow. The semi-truck alone lost five tires from this thing. Uh, Multiple reports of vehicles in the westbound lane of flat tires were flooding the police. Highway Patrol said they believe a vehicle accidentally lost a container full of roofing screws. Uh, The troopers have not targeted uh, where exactly the debris begins, but it appears to be most prominent on the Pascagoula River Bridge. The Pascagoula, the mighty Pascagoula. Preston, there was a year where they were doing construction all around the area. It's like three or four years ago. And I had about four separate occasions where tires went flat because of nails and construction material. Yep, same thing in my neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, the debris was moved from the removed from the road. But, I mean, that's that's a lot. It's 30, ridiculous. 36 vehicles and five tires on one semi all got it. Uh, here's another car story. I got a number of car stories here. Witnesses caught video on Tuesday evening when an armored truck traveled on Interstate 285 near Atlanta and lost a large amount of cash via a side door that came open in transit. Keep the cash by the side door. Uh, police in Georgia are warning witnesses that grabbed cash that they could face charges if they don't return the money because there's this video of these people running all over the highway, okay. tracking down the money and taking it. Uh, The police wrote in a Facebook post, while we certainly understand the temptation, it is still theft and the money should be returned. We are thankful there were no crashes or pedestrians struck as a result of this isolated cash storm. The exact amount of missing cash is unclear, but police say that they're going to use license plate numbers from videos to identify drivers involved in grabbing the money. In particular, they're looking for a woman who filled the pool on the roof of her car with money. Yeah, why not? Maybe that's why she had it. A 64-year-old man told investigators that he took his 2007 Toyota Avalon uh, to get the engine replaced. When he got it four days later, he said the vehicle appeared to have, quote, grease on the steering wheel, center console, and all over the driver's side with a terrible odor. He said that uh, he took the vehicle to be detailed, but an attendant refused to work. Uh, saying that the substance wasn't grease. Instead, it was something brown and something stinky. Oh, my God. The attendant reported it was feces, also known as excrement, dung, and manure. Uh, They know all the technical terms. (laughs) The vehicle... Poop. The vehicle owner tried to make the best of a crappy situation <laughs> and spoke to the manager who said that he has no idea how that could have happened. That's and then, the way I bought it. And then he hung up on him. Uh, the man told police that he's had some problems with a neighbor 
Uh, the report doesn't state whether the feces was canine, feline, or elsewise. Uh, the report does state the case is still active, though. Mm. And that's all we have time for in the bizarre file. Uh, we have a friend who's here in the studio about uh, wants to tell us about an event that is coming up. Uh, if you've been to, well, a lot of our biggest events, if you've been to Cardboard Classic, if you've been to the Camp Out for Hunger, or maybe you're headed tonight to the Belly Flop Championship, you've seen this guy taking pictures, and you've certainly seen his photos on our website regularly from Chorus Photography. Our good friend Brian is here yeah. this morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you doing, Brian? What was that? that watch the tram car, please. I, I thought it was... The Brian likes to take a tram car to the studio. <laughs> a, yeah, we have a monorail that runs through. Oh, my God. Oh, and, and the reason uh, you're playing this is because there's a prom coming up. Uh, yes. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are you? Doing very well. Thank Th- you. Thanks for having us on. We appreciate it. Now, who is us? Because I just met this person. I don't know who this person is. So this is Jax Ripto, who is my neighbor and also our head, as Hello we there. said earlier, Muckety Muck, okay. of uh, the adult prom that we are putting on for charity oh. in Phoenixville. Nice to meet you, Jax. Nice to meet you, too. Okay, so tell us about this event, please. Both of you guys. Any Anybody who wants to speak up, go right ahead. Why don't you start, and I'll fill in. Okay, so the Players Club... Um, Adult Prom is taking place at Root Down Brewing Company on Sunday, July 21st, and it's from 6 to 10 p.m., and basically it raises money for the students of Phoenixville Area High School that can't afford to go to the prom. Last oh, that's year, very nice, yeah. yeah. Last year we raised over $3,000. I had a um, nice letter from the principal this year saying that all the money went towards hair and nails and makeup and tux rentals and prom dresses for all the students this year. And they're looking forward to it again so that we can raise even more money for next year. All right. Well, that's right. a great so, idea. And so you're having an adult prom. It's an adult yeah. prom. To raise money for high school prom, for Absolutely. high school students that want to go to the prom. And I like that. And it is 100% an adult prom. Um, Meaning I, pornography. Oh, absolutely. Uh, no, no, no. That's why we're involved. <laughs> yes. Of course. That's what makes it fun. Yeah. So, so I, I met everyone in Phoenixville because I, I write a silly little comic called Firetown for Phoenixville Facebook page. Okay. And I met everyone. I met Brian through that too. And what ended up happening was we were sitting around at a bar one night and looking at pictures of our friends' kids going to the prom and saying how much fun it would be if we did that for us at our age because we never got to experience what it was like to have a promposal. Right. And half of the people in town never even went to their prom or didn't like their prom when they went. So we thought it would be a really fun event. And we this is our second year. And year one um, was a big success, right? Year one was a big success, especially since we only promoted it through Facebook. Okay. Wow. Everyone it's, loves Root Down Brewing Company. So. Yeah. It's, you know, Phoenixville is like every other small town where, you know, we have a couple Facebook pages and, you know, mostly memes right. and, and stupid jokes and stuff like that. But uh, the, the Phoenixville community, and I know Nick can attest to this because he's normally out for First Fridays. It's a really, it's a very great town when it comes to charity and stuff like that people come together unlike any other town that i've ever seen so when we came up with this last year it was just one of those things people glommed onto it and they loved it and the business owners in town have also been great whether it's root down whether it's uh stonehouse uh, uh grill over in kimberton which has yes. been helping us they're donating they're donating 10%? stonehouse grill is donating 10 percent of their proceeds next thursday to the prom to um add to our fund of what we're going to be able to donate to the school nice now you mentioned phoenixville uh, yeah. phoenixville in the, in the community what was the thing you were doing at the colonial i saw you posting so blob fest is this was, weekend oh it is this coming up this weekend if you if you've never been to blob fest Friday night's the night to be there because okay. we do the run out of the theater. So those that don't know what Blobfest is, it's the old 50s movie with Stephen McQueen. I think it was 58. 
and a lot of it was actually shot in Phoenixville. And the the iconic part of the movie is when everybody runs out of the theater away from the blob, they recreate that year over year. Yeah. It's amazing. You it's know, if time. you look closely, we showed this the other. There's a woman who gets kicked in the head yeah. <laughs> as they're running out. So I'd like to see them reenact that. If that and a lot, that a lot of people are laughing, too, as they're running out. You can see it yeah. in the original movie. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're laughing because, oh, we're running and we're having <laughs> Yay! fun. It's uh, not because of the terrorizing uh, yeah. beast from outer space. It really is um, a great time, though. There's so much going on. There's stuff for kids and families, and, yeah. and Blobfest is, is a blast. And uh, shout out to Mayor Pete because that guy is the He's best. He's awesome. Uh, He's the best. He was actually a prom king last year. Was he really? Yeah, he yes, was, he was. He will go around and he he hugs everybody. He genuinely cares about everybody that lives in and around Phoenixville. He's a terrific mayor. He's a really great guy, and I'd love to give him props. All right, so so it's July 21st, 6 to 10 p.m. at Root Down Brewing, Brewing Company. Company. Yes. And how much does it cost to go? It is $65.50 plus tax. We were trying to make it so that it came out to uh, $69 on the website, but it didn't really work out that <laughs> way. But <laughs> uh, and, and so uh, you get dinner? What do you, what do you get? What you get included with that is you get um, your ticket to the prom. You get two um, small plates. They're bigger than an appetizer, but smaller than dinner. Okay. One free drink of choice, plus you get $50 in gambling chips. And Wait. there's also going to be a bunch of other things going on. We actually have some... Uh, amateur comedians coming in so we're going to try to make it a true vegas experience we have some people that designated themselves to dress up like showgirls and walk around right we have amateur comedians we have a dj tony who's going to be playing all night so with the gambling is it like Mm -hmm. you win tickets and you bid on okay and then we have prizes from um higher class glass uh actually donated to run an entire roulette table we have uh, mcclaffey's cocktails that's going to be giving out uh little they are uh, frozen. They're, they're frozen they're wine pops or alcoholic pops. pot that yeah. are yeah. They're kind of big right now, and, and yeah. they're at, they're based out of Phoenixville. Yeah. The one thing that I absolutely want to say is anybody – I never went to prom, uh, mostly because I got shot down. But it, it, one of those situations, if you never went to prom and you wanted to go back or it's something that you're like, oh, absolutely, I want to – it's a good time. You don't have to dress up if you don't want. Like, we encourage it because it's it's a lot yeah, of fun. It be formal. But you don't have to. If you never went to your prom, come and hang out. Okay. I, I honestly it, – it's just a really great time, and it benefits, you know, high school kids. So how yeah. can it be? Yeah. All right, how do you get tickets? You can get tickets. <laughs> we have the, a couple different ways. Yeah. We, can, we have an Go Eventbrite site. Com. We actually, because <laughs> okay. the Eventbrite was like, okay. there's too many yeah. letters and yeah. words in that. Yeah. Okay. Go to com and you'll be able to get your tickets through that. You can also uh, go to Chorus Photography, uh, our website. If you put in an inquiry, we'll send you all the information also. And if you're on Facebook, you can check out Firetown because it's it's sponsored right on that page. It's right at the top of the page. And hire Brian to, work, to do Chorus <laughs> Photography. Yeah. He, as we've said in the advertising, it's the official photographer of the President Steve Show. All those yeah. Pictures from Camp Out for Hunger. You'll actually Brian see. Brian and his crew does yes. that. We just opened an office directly across the street from Root Down where the prom's going to be. Right. Yes. Awesome. And the prom, and he's going to be taking photos at the prom. And last year we Awkward had family, like the awkward, awkward prom, prom photos. Prom photos yeah. With people doing crazy things. That's great. <laughs> all right. All the information is on PrestonandSteve.com. So, uh, excellent. Good luck with this, guys. Thanks. Thank and you. thanks for having us on. We really no appreciate problem. it. No and, problem. Uh, we'll see you tonight. The best. Yeah. Right, cool. Thank you, Brian and Jax. All right, with that, we're going to break. We'll be back in just a moment or two, and we'll uh, fire up that lesson question and more. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an Internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. (laughs) Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. 
Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, today, they were using the words oppressively humid. Uh, but at least, listen, at least it's not glaring sunshine while we have this high of a dew point in the air. But I heard and- going down to like 74 after like maybe some rain later. Okay. Right. Maybe uh, oppressively comfortable. Maybe. <laughs> Wouldn't that be wild? It is so oppressively comfortable. I can't stand it. Uh, 88's a high today. Maybe some afternoon thunderstorms locally in some areas. It's not going to be like a widespread downpour. So just, if, it, if it happens to fall in your area, it's going to suck. Uh, partly cloudy tomorrow, high 90. And then Saturday and Sunday, good-looking weekend. And uh, Monday into that as well, sunny and uh, like 90 degrees. So not too bad at all. Uh, today's lesson question, we are going to give away a pair of tickets to see Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back in concert May, July 26th. May, July 20th. <laughs> May, July. May, July 26th be with you. It's like <laughs> That must be what I was thinking. <laughs> like smarch. Right? Lousy smarch weather. Yeah. Uh... Okay. What was it supposed to be? It was supposed to be July 26th. May July 26th be with you at the man's TD Pavilion. Question this morning is, what word does Steve use to describe things that are long or lengthy? 215-263-WMMR, all right? We'll see if you know the answer. What word does Steve use to describe things that are long or lengthy? 215-263-WMMR. And we're going to do the trash while you're calling in. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Brought to you by Rita's Water Ice. The five-layer gelati is back at Rita's. Add an extra layer of custard to your favorite gelati. Only at Rita's and only for a limited time. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Annette Roque is just a signature way from being divorced from disgraced former Today Show host Matt Lauer. Roque will reportedly walk away with $20 million while Lauer will get to rent an apartment with Charlie Rose. <laughs> Gavin Rossdale having a bizarre encounter with a strange woman who rang his doorbell in the, and then began talking about the Illuminati. Rostell says he was stunned because he had ordered a flat earther. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, newly divorced Wendy Williams revealing she's dating a young doctor. Williams says the mystery doctor knows just how to use lightning storms to bring her back to life. (laughs) 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 All right, to the phones we go. Let's see if we can get an answer to this. Uh, What does Steve use to describe things that are long or lengthy? And our caller is Matt that I'm going to go to. Hey there, Matt. Hey, what's going on, guys? Sorry to bother you at work. It's okay. No problem, man. So what word does Steve use to describe things that are long or lengthy? The word would be long. Long, yeah. (laughs) Very good, Matt. Got it right. And we are going to set you up with a pair of tickets for Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back in concert on July 26th. The man's TD Pavilion relived the film as it's projected on three giant screens. While the Philadelphia Orchestra and conductor Lucas Richmond performs John Williams' iconic musical score. Picnics welcomed at this all-ages event. The series, Movies of the Man, is presented by BMW. Presentation licensed by Disney Concerts. Tickets at mancenter.org. And may July the 26th be with you. <laughs> Let's do the music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. And this morning, Music News is brought to you by Delilah's, the most beautiful and talented performers who will compete for the coveted Diamond G-String Award. 
at Delilah's Wednesday, July 17th, hosted by Justina Valentine. And you can visit Delilah's.com for details. Slipknot fans on Reddit think that they may have found a photograph of the band's newest member, the percussionist who is nicknamed Tortilla Man. Tortilla Man. Thanks to his mask, uh, without his stage disguise, although his actual identity still remains a mystery. Have you heard of Tortilla Man? Uh, the photograph shows a man... He said that at night he brings tortillas to all the children of the village. Tortilla Man. The photograph shows a man of slight build with dark brown hair leaving a hotel alongside Slipknot guitarist Mick Thompson. Both Thompson and the unknown party are wheeling luggage out of the hotel. The man's build matches that of the percussionist seen on stage with the group. And uh, the man in the photo is also wearing footwear that looks remarkably like the shoes the new member is sporting on stage. Kind of looks like Jim Carrey in The Cable Guy. <laughs> Remember when he chews up the thing, the tortilla, and puts it on his face? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Slipknot. Look, looks it was a chicken bit. skin. Was it chicken skin? It's a silence. Yeah. yeah. He's at the medieval times. Yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Chicken skin. My bad. Uh, How could I be so stupid? Let's think about that. For a I'll think about that. Yeah. I love that Gene uh, Garofalo, that whole exchange where can they get some silverware? They didn't have a silverware in medieval times, but they had Pepsi. Dude. <laughs> Look, dude. <laughs> Slipknot's other percussionist founding member, Sean Clown Crahan, refused to reveal the identity of the band's mysterious new ninth member in an interview saying that it was nobody's effing business. <laughs> Uh, previous uh, percussionist Chris Fenn sued the band. Burrito Man. In March. Burrito Man sued him. Uh, but uh, he's working on that. Uh, okay, here's a follow-up from yesterday. A report retracted. Green Day is not, I repeat, not releasing new music anytime soon. Contrary to that report that came out from Kerrang! yesterday. Uh, they had to issue a retraction saying that new music from the band isn't planned for the near future. In fact, representatives of the trio stated definitely no Green Day single anytime soon. So that what ain't a happened. bunch of crap. False report. Mm. Thank you, Kerrang. Metallica has announced plans to publish a children's book called The ABCs of Metallica on November 22nd. 26, I'm sorry. Using rhymes and illustrations, the book has been co-authored by the band and Howie Abrams with artwork by Michael McClear. Uh, the book is described as a look back at the, quote, remarkable history of one of rock and roll's most celebrated groups, adding each letter of the alphabet highlights a significant moment along the band's journey from the humble garage days to the numerous classic albums such as And Justice for All the Master Puppets to biographical information <laughs> on the band members themselves. We're looking at the uh, cover of it here in the studio. That's pretty cool. Yeah. The portion of the, a portion of the proceeds from the book are going to go to uh, Metallica's All Within My Hands Foundation. Fallout Boy frontman uh, Patrick Stump is working on a new soundtrack for the upcoming The Banana Splits movie. Ah, I've been waiting for this. Which is described as a horror movie re reboot of the popular 1960s kids show. I used to love the Banana Splits. A rock band made up of four fictional animal characters, the Banana Splits, first appeared in a children's variety program called the Banana Splits Adventure Hour that initially ran on Saturday mornings from 1968 through 1970. The upcoming movie, however, is said to give the concept an R-rated horror twist, and it will air later this year on Sci-Fi. So, this the uh, Banana Splits theme? Mm -hmm. One banana, two banana, three banana, banana two, two banana, banana, three banana, four. 
Uh, Stump has composed several scores in the past, including the films uh, No Malone, Spell and Challenge, along with the six-part science docuseries called Let Science Speak. And Stump also provided the voice voice for a character in No Malone as well. So now, Banana Splits. It's the Bob Marley song. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, you know, yeah. I love how they use this in a kick ass. I don't remember. I when she's coming down the hall. La, 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 yeah. la, la, la. Love it. Uh, and then, Steve, this last one's for you and me. Mm. The filmmakers of the Bee Gees new documentary <laughs> are seeking help from fans uh, for the upcoming project. The producers of the officially sanctioned doc posted a message to fans on the official website, BGsFilm2020.com, stating if you or someone you know have visual or audio uh, materials, of the Bee Gees, we want to hear from you. We are looking for photographs, video footage, audio recordings, and concert footage uh, to help tell this remarkable story. Appropriate credit will be given for submitted material if used in the film. Bill finds it hilarious that Steve and I talk about our love of the Bee Gees on the air. On uh, uh, well, I'm sorry, but the Bee Gees are awesome. Yep, I like them, And too. the two phases of the Bee Gees are awesome. The original, earlier Beatles-esque. And then the disco. And then the disco. Yeah, or Sucky. R&B disco, yeah. I love them, too. I also... I'm, I'm not able to uh, extract now my memory of Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake doing the Bee Gees show, right? which is also really good. It's great. Ah. Yeah. Who uh, were the other? There was Barry Gibb, and then who were the other Gibbs? Maurice and Ringo Robin. <laughs> and Robin. Okay. Uh, and they both died. Yeah. Where did they get the name Bee Gees? Because uh, I'm thinking. Like, Very good question. It's Rolling it? Stones backwards. Well, it's just Barry <laughs> Gibb. <Dream> job backwards. Dream <laughs> job. And now. Now, ladies and gentlemen, right here on our stage, dream job. <laughs> dream job. <laughs> I tell you, mates, we've got to change it. Uh, Nick is looking that up. Maybe Dream job, it. it turns out, is a sexual act. Uh, maybe. Dream job. Yeah, we can't use it. How about Bee Gees? <laughs> you pulled that be, out of your ass. It was going to be BJs. How about BJs? Yeah, and they started Ram with... Ram job. No, that doesn't Ram work. Ram job. <laughs> Rum <just> job. <laughs> It was literally called, Casey, at the beginning, the B-Gs, the letter B, and then the letter G, apostrophe S, and then it became the B-Gs, like it's written out now, well, uh, because it was named after Barry Gibb, who it, started the band. I was going to uh, say, was it Barry? I yeah. was being told it's the Brothers Gibb. Ah. Okay. The Brothers the Gibb. Brother, the Brothers Gibbons. And don't you play. I'm not, because that's the Gibbons. Nope. No. <laughs> it's specifically not a reference to the Brothers Gibb. It was Barry's band. Okay. Uh, despite popular belief. So that, that is a mm. urban myth. Barry's band. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, they're they're coming out with a documentary and they're looking for footage. There you go. Okay, go. Right here Formally. on our show, Dream Job. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Case, am I giving away some beer? Yeah, buddy. I got another case of pink to give away. Available year-round in 12-pack cans. Pink is a sparkling tart berry <laughs> ale. And grab a case of pink. Uh, cans at Yards... Yeah. What the it's hell like, is happening? At Yards Brewery at uh, Fifth and Spring Garden or at uh, Fairfield Liquors in, Liquors in Newark, Delaware. Caller number 14. We'll give it to you. 215-263-WMMR. We're taking a break. We're coming back in a moment, though. Stay with us because you don't want to miss that letter of the day. For 
50 plus years, MMR has owned the stones. And now, and now you can own the stones with a free pair of tickets. Listen to Win Your Way In to see the Rolling Stones July 23rd in Philadelphia. Tune in at 8 a.m. when Preston and Steve reveal the winning Stone song of the day and the hour it will play. Listen for MMR to play it from a final copy of Honk, their new greatest hits album. 25th caller picks up the record and two tickets to see the Rolling Stones. When we spin, you win. Only from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. And that gave us enough time to have a discussion about what we're doing tonight uh, for the uh, the Belly Flop Championship. Yes! We saw uh, a, a visual aid that really helped define our decision. Eric Simon, our promotions director, came in with uh, his future radar uh, for the weather conditions. And it it's looking a little more intense than we had anticipated. <laughs> uh, not only the, the heavy cells... But which which you know can hit or miss in areas, and we were we were thinking about let's go for it, and and if um, if one of these cells comes by, we can we can kind of disappear for a little while, go inside, and then yeah. come back out. But it's looking like more widespread rain, steady rain, and those heavy pockets of of downpours. That's not good. We want we want we want people. To be miserable and be outside the whole time. Miserable, and then, but with the the rain and with that stuff, uh, as far as um, increasing the likelihood of lightning, which is the real, you just cannot obviously be in the water or be around electronic yep. equipment during lightning. Yeah, that's an issue. So the venue them, themselves, they're suggesting that we postpone it. Yeah, it's a good uh, suggestion. Uh, uh, you know, which is a smart move. They they were they've been incredibly eager for this whole thing, but. Um, you you want it to be the best it can be. We've had great luck. We've had it be um, uh, sunny all the times past. But uh, you know we we you know listen listen yeah. we're the mother efforts that went went through with the cardboard classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'll just go ahead and say this now. I think we're we're gonna yeah. go ahead and postpone this. Yeah yeah. Uh, in the interest of having a, a safe event and and a fun one. Yeah. Uh, you know because it's just not fun hanging out in the rain. And plus some of these people have costumes and and props and. And things that might get ruined in the rain, we don't want that to happen. Want so. the best presentation possible. Ah, bummer. So we it it, to, it uh, does suck. We, we, I'm looking forward to it. We need like the equivalent of a phone chain here or a phone tree uh, to to because it's or not a double just, tree. Well, because we can easily get in, co- in contact with uh, all of our contestants. But the I know Dude, right, it's okay. Kind of, <laughs> I did, I did. If, uh, if you know, if you know someone who's participating on the off chance they haven't heard this. Uh, please let them know. We're going to well, try to get the word out. I think more so for the people that are going to come and, and yeah. the spectators. Yeah, um, we, we can get a hold of the contestants, but the, the, the people who are just coming out for the party aspect of it and the uh, um, the whole spectacle that it is, we need to get the word out that we're going we're gonna to postpone this. We will do it. Uh, probably a date in August, but yeah. that's another. We're going to have to have a meeting about that and find out when... Uh, Valley Forge is good with it, and uh, all our contestants are available. So we actually have a date. It is the week after Thanksgiving. We're not doing anything. No, that's a camp out for hunger. Oh my god! Oh man! Oh damn it! 
Um, this sucks. We're, we are all bummed out about I know, this. I know. In fact, we as that song was fading out, I had one ear off of my headphones. I'm like, so we're postponing it, right? <laughs> okay, because we, we got to go on the air with this. Well, we, Eric is. Everyone is always. Uh, Lord knows we've proven it. We are always up for doing it and waiting to see how things are going to go. But uh, I mean, if we're looking at a threat and a fairly substantial threat, what he showed us radar wise. And you've talked to a few uh, well-known meteorologists, correct, Casey? And they are saying it's dicey at best. Mm -hmm. Uh, And just trying to (laughs) get all of those people inside. And then once they're inside, hey, it's all clear now. Where do we get all those people that are inside now outside? Yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Okay. That's when you have to call in a fake fire. (laughs) No. Oh, oh, you're right. That'll yeah. get everybody That'd outside. Illegal, but that get us arrested, and then we can't be on the air. But I, I want to thank uh, everybody involved in uh, in being a part of this. We are going to have it. We'll get the date for you. But thanks to Manion Brewing Company. They actually stopped by their belly. They brought by a case of their belly flop cucumber melon <laughs> uh, ghost. Is, it says ghost ale. Is that supposed to be goose? Ooh, a ghost. <laughs> G-O-S-E-L. I don't know. So um, there's some beer terms that I'm not familiar with, and it might be one. Uh, but anyhow, it was pretty cool. They have a belly flop beer that they were going to uh, uh, give to us and, uh, and to pass along to our contestants. It's a goze. 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 And Marissa's saying it's like a um, like a soury beer. Oh. Okay. Well, I'm sure that'll still, I mean, obviously, we're, we're, yeah. the, 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 the next date, the date that we arrive at is not going to be in a year. It's going to nope. be in fairly short order. We just have to pull everything together, make sure that they're clear. But uh, I think this is probably the good move because you're right, Preston. It's always enjoyable, and the weather's been great, and we're sort of used to that. And yeah. we would be even okay with overcast, a little bit of rain here and there, but it's looking oh. a lot more heavy. Look out the window right now, well, by the way. there you go. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. When did that happen? Just now. Okay. It we'll just, see, there you go. It just rolled in. All right, anyhow. Even um, God's trying to tell us to stop. So heads up. Don't do it. <laughs> heads up on that. Uh, we are going to postpone it. Uh, I want to thank guests for being on the program today. I would like to thank, for a wonderful interview, Mr. Getty Lee. What a great conversation. He is going to be at the Barnes & Noble on Walnut on July 19th at 5 p.m. Tickets at rush.com slash Getty Lee. Um, and we have tickets to give away. Oh, because wow. I Marissa had this awesome idea, and, and uh, if you got uh, entered into it, then then you may be one of our winners. And it was me air drumming a Rush song. We played the video with no audio to it, and if you could identify that song, you text it into us, and you would automatically go into a file with other people who guessed it correctly, and uh, then we were going to draw from that and get a winner. So the song that I was playing. In that video that you had no audio with, and we got a lot of correct answers, is Free Will. And our winner is Mark Vallejo. Yay! Who is from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. So Mark is going to get cut-the-line passes for the uh, book tour stop at Barnes & Noble on the 19th. And he gets a copy of Getty's new book. The Getty Lee Big Beautiful Book of Bass. So, congratulations to you. Uh, but it was it was such a great conversation. I love. Really, it. I, I was, and it's fascinating stuff. I always uh, enjoy. Um, for example, I don't drink wine yet. I'm fascinated with wine culture. Culture. You don't I, imbibe. I, I, huh? I don't. I don't imbibe. <laughs> I don't play golf. But I'm fascinated with your you the way you approach golf and the right. enjoyment. All that minutia and that stuff is fascinating. Yeah. So his. 
a bass guitar, and this book seems really fascinating. Yeah, so it was cool to have him on. So thanks, uh, Ged, for being on. Thank you to Kate Flannery. Yay! Kate's one of our favorite people. Cursing Kate. Uh, she What's that? Cursing Kate. Cursing Kate. Cursing Kate. Oh, <laughs> Kate. I like that. Yeah, she did drop a big fat F bomb today. <laughs> she did. An enthusiastic one yeah. on purpose, but so only one. <laughs> and uh, she is going to be. Uh, she has a meet and greet that's taking place Saturday at the uh, Music Pier in Ocean City, uh, New Jersey Boardwalk, and she was really excited about that because she grew up going to that area, and so now her name's up on the marquee and everything. Uh, and so that's Saturday at eleven a.m. And then she's going to be at the uh, well, she's the Grand Marshal the night in Venice. Boat parade that night, and then where is she going to be? She's in Atlantic City over yes. the weekend, and I, I don't have. Well, that. no, no, it's actually next weekend. Oh, next weekend, I'm sorry. Next weekend, she's going to be um, somewhere in Atlantic City, singing somewhere in Atlantic City. Yeah. All right, anyhow. just walk around Atlantic City and listen for her voice. It was great to have her on, and thank you to Brian Miller and Jax for coming by yeah. uh, the Phoenixville Players Club Adult Prom at Root Down Brewing Company is on the 21st, and tickets and information, go to PrestonandSteve.com and get there. Sounds like a really, really fun event, by the way. It does. How you doing, Pierre? Uh, great. Phoenixville is a cool town, and uh, this weekend is the Blob Fest also. Yeah. We were talking uh, about it, yeah. Which is uh, good. Um, and last night, I saw another legend, Peter Frampton, uh, on his uh, farewell tour at the Met. My God, it was just brilliant. Yeah? Yeah, yeah more on that coming up, though. Um, on this cloudy day... I have something that I would like to uh, impart to you kids. And if you'd open the door, please. And now this side, Whoa. this side, please. This? this side. We oh. have. Oh, wait. Hold on. A couple of years. Oh. Wow. We are uh, presenting Preston and Steve finally with their redone frame uh, done by Gail. Gail Fogel of Original Images. And um, working with Kathy, Kathy selected a whole bunch of images and worked with Gail quite hard, and uh, it's taken a while. May I? So to, to describe this, what Pierre means by our frame uh, in Sorry, the hallways right. of WMMR are these very large decorative frames of different photographs from different eras of each one of the jocks, one of the full-timers and part-timers, by the way. And and uh, it's a collage of photos of us throughout the years here of, of MMR. And so it's just kind of a, it's a visual history of the radio station and the current staff. There are nods to, to the days of yore and, and the uh, past staff members who have been through here, but they really highlight the current lineup of MMR. So this is our frame. We used to have one, but it had nothing but fat pictures of me in it. <laughs> And I told them to get rid of it. And so they put that in. Do you really? They put that in Kevin Gunn's old office. Uh, so now we have one. Will it hang in a, in a prominent area? We'll hang it right in the front where right. the other one was. Nice. That looks really nice great. Job, Gail. And a nice uh, smattering, if I may. A smattering is a photographic term. Mm. Gail, how long did it take you to make that or put that together? Two and a half years. <laughs> ah, nice. Well, because we we Preston and uh, had, we had been talking about it, we gotta we gotta change that out, and so we took it down. And then um, uh, progress takes a while. So, um, but once you get all the photos, what you know, they're all got- embedded in these in this. Um, what do you call the stuff they're embedded? Windows, yeah. I'll tell you what one of the problems was. There was not a lot of photos of just Preston and Steve together. Mm. There's always just a, a big show photo, and we really wanted a picture of just the two of them. So, well, uh, honestly, when we, Preston, the very rare times we have pictures of us, because we always take group shots. It's yeah. the whole show. It's what yep. we do. Is when we're asked for like a magazine or something or... Right. 
You know, it's it's crazy. And our driver's license, we're both on each other's driver's <laughs> license. But there, um, there's a great photo of the two of you on the upper left. Uh, then right below that is a picture of Nick and Casey um, shooting arrows at some point. <laughs> yep. uh, there's a picture of what looks like uh, Casey and Kathy on a bicycle. That was, uh, that was this just, year's blood drive. Yes. I mean, that's that's my, literally a month ago. My, you were there, uh, favorite. Pierre? picture of those two ever by the way with nick murphy uh, yep. photographing it a really cool shot of steve solo uh below that we got kathy with blue hair i can't quite see all this stuff. that was, was a halloween party yeah, okay uh then above that is marissa and casey on the um the can drop ride can drop ride yeah, that's awesome uh, another casey weird one pressing on the <laughs> drum kit steve with this little kid looking like they're dancing hold somewhere. on pierre the weird I one know, yeah. do you want me to tell you what that is yeah. Yeah. my favorite picture ever that is casey Casey dropping a condom filled with water on Nick's head. That's me <laughs> in Nick's the condom. Face. Are you kidding? That's no, no, the no. condom yeah, yeah. wrapped around his yeah. head. I didn't. I I thought it was a. I didn't know. I thought Isn't it was that a wild? Is bizarre looking. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Continue. No. No. Steve dancing with a little boy. Steve dancing with a little boy above that uh, from the uh, day off on the slopes. Uh, the cardboard classic. All of you in winter wear. Right. Uh, then uh, to the hard right is Nick in an Eagles outfit uh, touching down. And then uh, there's a lovely shot of Kathy, and then another president, Steve Solo. Beautiful shot of Marissa. Uh, Casey in his uh, carpet coat um, uh, outside. Uh, what do we got to the... Uh, I love we... this one. This is at the Eagles parade in the, oh, yes. last year. And it's so it's Rob McElhenney and Burt Kreischer and the entire show uh, out on the balcony in, in this place right near the Art Museum. That was a cool shot. That was an amazing day. We all broadcast from that uh, condominium on the parkway. Uh, and starting with you guys, there's a great shot with uh, President Steve in a mock Liberty Bell. Well, they're bringing the bell at the Sixers game. Oh, yeah. okay. As so a sporting event, so that's why it's over yeah. your head. Right. Yeah. That, that sailed past me. <laughs> a really cool outdoor shot of President that's belly Steve flop. in um, sunglasses and Kathy in sunglasses. And that's belly flop. A great shot of Steve. Um, what's this one? Christmas Miracle Broadcast. Yep. Okay. And you're all in weird outfits. That's Christmas. a Parks Casino, yeah. Uh, and then to the far right is a picture of uh, some love. Um, <laughs> Pierre, Pierre kissing me on the cheek. <laughs> I, I love it. I, I kiss P- Preston on the cheek. I didn't know you were going to use that one. And his mouth drops. Uh, another group shot below that. A cool black and white of Casey uh, in uniform. It's a great shot of Casey. Yeah, it really is. Uh, uh, Marissa behind the drum kit. Yeah, Preston I was teaching her how to Aaron. play. Another <laughs> shot of Preston and a cool MMR shirt. Love it. It looks so awesome. There's about 15 to 20 shots in this beautiful frame. I, I assume and, Marissa's uh, already taken or will take uh, some pictures or pictures of this to show people what it looks like. Yeah, we, we will get photos of it uh, up. But Gail, uh, at Original Images, is an amazing framer. She does all our framing. What's your website? How can people get in touch with you? Um, in Media, Pennsylvania. Right into the microphone. Media, so Pennsylvania. It. And it's www.originalimages.net. Originalimages.net. And thank you so much. I had so much fun. They really did need to be replaced. The pictures are really old. Yeah. It was 12 years ago we did, the, we did the original frame. And you know what? I've lost even more weight since yeah. these pictures yeah, have come up. So I now would, we got to redo that. When we were when I was giving her photos and I showed one of the, the middle one to Preston and he was like, oh, wow, I lost weight since then. I was like, oh, my <laughs> yeah. God. Oh my but God. these are Shut fit up. Preston. That's the no. thing. Yeah, now we got skinny Preston. This is yeah. fit Preston. Yeah. Right. Now everybody, all the DJs want a new frame now. Uh, <laughs> we just got uh, Brent Porsche one uh, about two months ago, was it? Yes. And um, now Jackson says, I want new things in mine. And then Jackie <laughs> wants new things in his. Yep. Mine is already 25 years old. And yep. I said, all right, we'll save on the budget. Just leave mine. Um, but um, there it is. So I brought back awesome. all the old pictures, too, so you can see oh. that. 
that were in there. Cool. Yeah, yeah there's well, some really uh, interesting befores and afters you could do, Mr. <laughs> Preston. I was a big so. boy. Yep. Preston, there how it much is. weight have you lost? Look at that. Yeah, I was chubby. Uh, well, back then, I was like 265 pounds, and I weigh 175 now. Wow, that's so, impressive. Yeah, it's a big drop. Yeah. Congratulations. So, you bet, thank look you. great. There yeah. Thank you. Nice. <laughs> uh, 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 you know. These are really old. Oh, like that, old that's Y100 media. That's Y100, yeah. That's yeah, we should keep back. That's 20 we'll years ago. Yeah, yeah. We'll hang on to those. Yeah, hang on. Well, on. thank you, Gail. Appreciate it, and thank, thank you, Gail. That's phenomenal. Hey, Preston, can I jump in up. here real, real, real quick? Um, because I just want to say uh, thank you and congratulations and good luck uh, to a gentleman that's in our studio right now. His name's Robbie Badillo. Preston and I met Robbie. Uh, I'm sorry, Badillo. Uh, you do pronounce the L's or no? I do the Badillo. Uh, Badillo. What's that's the Badillo? What um, so Robbie and Preston and I met years ago, probably when he was like 14 years old, yep. at the... Um, the drive for autism down at the DuPont Country Club and and Robbie and, and his father Renee, we all golf together and I've been golfing with him for years. Robbie is now getting ready to go to med school. Yeah. How about oh, that. Pretty wild, man. Yeah. That's so it's a big a step. Big, big deal. Uh he is a, a big time podcaster because he, he went to school down in Florida. He went to University of Miami. And so he had listened to us for years and years while he was down in Miami. And he's fathering uh, following in his father and mother's footsteps. And he's gonna be a doctor. And I would just want to say Good luck, congratulations, and thank you for taking us with you to Florida. That's all. Thanks, man. All right. Congratulations. Cool. That's awesome, Robbie. All right, we need to do the letter, Pierre, if you're all set. Yes. Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. K is in Kellogg's. All right, we have one more to go. We'll get it tomorrow, but uh, I want to remind you, you're going to win a Garlando G500 weatherproof Outdoor foosball table. Oh, I love this idea. Caller with the word tomorrow, and that's from Royal Billiard and Recreation. Shuffleboard and foosball are more fun outside. Make the patio your summer rec room. Royal Billiard and Recreation has the best in outdoor game tables. You can visit royalbilliard.com for details. Royal Billiard and Recreation, your ultimate game room store, selling fun for over 30 years. Sure, you got some good stuff planned for today, my man. Indeed. Uh, more tickets for Elvis Costello and Blondie. Uh, we got workforce blocks of The Who and the record company, Bon Jovi, for Richie's birthday and the vinyl cut all on the program today. Awesome. Uh, let me thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show has been brought to you today by Acme, the official supermarket of the Preston and Steve Show. Uh, French Creek Outfitters in Phoenixville with everything you need for the great outdoors. FrenchCreekOutfitters.com. Why take a chance with anybody else? And Wilmington University experienced the WilmU difference by visiting wilmu.edu. If you missed the announcement, we're going to postpone the belly flop tonight. It looks like uh, the rain's going to get heavy. There's uh, flash flood warnings and uh, thunderstorm warnings and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Unfortunately, it makes more sense to us to move it. It's a pain in the ass, but we'll get a date for you down the road. So if you're planning on coming out, just a heads up on that. We will have that information coming soon. Otherwise, tomorrow on the program, uh, Ricky Bo, Ricky Batalico. Yeah. Stopping by in studio. And, man, we love talking to this guy, Frank Grillo. Yeah. One of our favorites from the Marvel Universe and more, The Purge. He's such a great guy. He's the man. He'll be joining us tomorrow. That's it. We are done. Ray John, have a great day, and we'll see you tomorrow again. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Line. My cheap-ass neighbor has a big backyard and then two daughters and a big fancy truck and they come over and play in my backyard. Buy your kids a swing set. You have the room and the money.
Next message. It's the last week of school. It's the last week of school. Can you tell I'm a teacher? It's the last week of school. Go home to your parents. Go home to your parents. See you in September. It's the last week of school. Woo! Next message. Hey, to the guy who sold me on the turf, I'm trying on hat. F*** you, buddy. The Preston and Steve Love You, Hate You line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack, sell them for less.